Never could have told we'd both be gay from that, but you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but is, is awesome that the true test, is it? Take your kids to a football yeah, game and see, see what happens. Interested. Yeah, if your son falls asleep and your daughter's really into it, you know what's happening. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Rihanna Austin. Hello. James Wood. Howdy, gamers. And Nathan Hennessy. G'day, welcome. We uh, were meant to have Ash Whaling join us, but he's gone nuts, so we won't uh, be having him <laughs> tonight. But uh, the three of you, What's how are we all? We're all right. I... Okay. I'm 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 getting excited, uh, for Kitty. yeah I am like I'm it's building. There it's we like, go. It's building the 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 effervescence is uh, rising. You know, uh, for what's to come. Say the evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> is that a dad joke? A little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, we have so many exciting things uh, around us in the gaming space, games, gaming events, specifically one that we'll be attending. Um, f- fantastic. Get around it. Get around it, indeed. Get exciting it. times. Hands up if you're going to PAX, play, at, play along at home. Oh, hands, hey, hands, hey. hands. So many hands. How <laughs> are you, my friend? Which friend? That was, that was to you, Nathan. Oh, me. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a, I'm a little bit down with the sickness, but I I'm also a little bit forlorn. Maybe mm. I don't know if that's the word. Um, today there was the announcement among Australia's news media. This isn't games related. We're heading for an El Nino summer, another dry, hot, bushfiery summer, and it got me thinking that usually changes how I approach my gaming like during those hot months does does the heat affect how you approach your games and writing like I'll give you a quick demo I'll give you an example I got a split level unit my living room where my tv and all that is is on the sec like it's on the higher level gets sunlight most most angles right through the day and it's unbearably hot in the summer so I tend to wind back on my console gaming in those summer months how do you, do you, does it affect you guys at all? Like, I, and, and I know, no, like, bleeding hearts here. Man. <laughs> Gamers, <laughs> rain, hail and shine, you know. That's it. Also, can I just, uh, just again, a little pause on your pause. Mm. But we've had, uh, I mean, we've had Evanescence, we've had Disturbed, now we have had, on the, <laughs> like the uh, Down with this. <laughs> 2000 Rock is, and Metal is on tonight. It's a vibe, for sure. I like it. That's it. Speaking of vibes, but, uh, James. How you been? Yeah. Oh, vibing, thriving, surviving. Mm. No, you know, you know how it be. <laughs> Live, laugh, laugh. <clears throat> no, I'm, yeah, exactly right. I'm, I'm sort of like Nathan. I'm still actually kind of like shaking the residual aftermath of, of being sick from last week. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. So bloody I'm queer. Happy. Get used to <laughs> I it. I love you know? it. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I can't mm. wait to party with you at PAX. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. What are we, like, two weeks out now or something like that? Mm. Makes me want to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited I'm going to throw up. 
Oh, I mean, you you could interpret it that way. That is definitely the positive way of interpreting uh, it. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm famous for getting so excited to pack so throw up. That's mm. true. That is bit, the thing you want to... I threw up on the taxi of... driver last year. So bloody excited. <laughs> no, no, I get... When I'm excited, I, I, I need to... I need to do wheeze. So on the plane, Ooh. I have to be near the toilet. Like, I don't care how long it takes me to get out of the plane. If mm. I'm going somewhere and I'm excited, straight in there. Nervous bladder. Yeah. Mm. Can we, relate. let's just talk about, you know, planes and toilets. How does everyone feel about that? Like, if you're on a they flight and you, and you got to get, well, I'm not talking about the actual toilets themselves. They're not as bad as portal But, but That's if you're true. on the plane and you're like, you know, middle or, uh, window seat and you've mm. you know you've got to go do you are you the guy you, do you just get up and you know go oh for yeah it? yeah I, I sit there for like let's say it's an international flight i'll sit there for a good couple of hours just considering my life choices <laughs> and if it's even <laughs> worth it like, I'm like do i really have to fucking bound over this person and then do it again because like once i start it's kind of like breaking the seal like i'm going to be going again yeah. i'm going to be going again yeah i'm going to have yep. to keep negotiating this i don't want to um, I thought I thought you were going to be like yeah discussing the like cleanliness and that and I was like yeah man compare it to a coach toilet it's just like just no it was that. just more like it was like so when I was on the flight to Sydney like the other the other oh week, just a little next well, door trip now nah, hold it in mate <laughs> well yeah like I did right because like I went when I got to the airport had a coffee and then I boarded right it wasn't until like maybe like 15, 20 minutes after the you know we'd taken off and we'd already been delayed like half an hour right so. You know, we're talking like an hour after I've had this coffee, and I'm like, "Big coffee, I can feel it." Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got to pee, and I just held it in the whole entire time. And I'll, yeah, I'll be really, I, I refuse to drink anything, anything more than a very small coffee before a flight. Oh, I only do that water before though. flights I'll... because I'm worried about the diuretic <laughs> effect for this exact reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you never drink beers on the plane. Oh. Uh, Oh, no, because, I mean, like, one time before PAX, me and my mates had, like, three beers before we got on the plane, um, mm. and that was um, not I, a good choice. I have a question. How do you negotiate with the flight attendant that one wine is not enough? You need – I need that twice, three times. I need mm. you to come back. Does he, like, ring the bell and, like – I love – I mean, I like you, you can ask. I'm flattered to say that I luck out with the male flight attendants. I don't need to communicate this. They usually give you the double helping oh, straight up. what? What yeah, do you right. mean? I've oh, never I'm been really able pleased. to do that. No, they're like, oh, here you go. I'll give you a bottle of water as well. <laughs> I Water, wine, like very different. <laughs> I will say though, getting like hammered on, an, on a flight, I wouldn't recommend that. No, no. I, I put my, no, not hammered. I just want to have a vibe and put my, I want to watch, yeah. watch a funny show or, you know, listen to music, read my book, you know. Um, I get that. So when I, I went to when I went to flights. when I went to Europe the first time, um, <laughs> they had Fosters on the on the flight, oh, yeah. and like, oh. it, like, like it was all like all paid for, right? So because Aussie, right, going out. from Australia, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think I sunk like eight or eight or nine beers or something. Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah. Wait, how long is the flight? <laughs> I don't know. Forty hours, fifteen, sixteen. How would you survive, mate? Knows? You know, like when you're in air, like alcohol fucks you up way different. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why I said I do not recommend. It. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I had a alcohol-free return flight back. Um, anyway, let's talk video imagine, games, eh? No, no, no. Before we do that, imagine <laughs> belligerent, <laughs> fucked off his face, ate Foster Steve on a flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, goodness! You know what? 
You know what about video games, guys? <laughs> talking to the whole of economy. Absolutely. Economy. Telling the family <laughs> next to him about oh, sorry. AFL and shit. <laughs> Fucking hell, I was I flew what's after economy? Business? No, I didn't Biz- uh, I'm too fucking poor for that. I was trying to trying to be rich, but then I realized I didn't know what It's business like, then first class. I think it's an know. Australianism, but economy for some folks here, they just call it cattle class. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah, absolutely. Cattle class. In with the rest. Off you go. <laughs> That's it, mate. Who the, if you pay for I mean, I yeah, if you could pay for it, you'd probably pay for like business class. Put your legs out. Oh yeah, if you could afford it, absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. Anyway, let's let's move on because there's a lot more to talk about. But before we do talk video games, I've got a little trilogy of of uh, rants I want to share with you. First one, oh my god, last Friday, how good were the Blues? Oh, it was insane being there. Ninety six and a half thousand people. Fucking get up. Final four mm. left. I can't mm. believe that like 10 weeks ago, or maybe a little bit more, maybe like 13 weeks ago, this team was in the bottom four of the AFL and they're now in the last four. What a turnaround. Um, it know? is a what a turnaround. Just like yeah. you're on our friendship, James. Exactly. You know, it, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was who the fuck wrote this bottom four material. Bit of a fucking wobbly start there, throwing and shit through each other's and windows. Now, and now yeah. here we are. Um, yeah. No, that... Yeah. That goal at the very end there oh. um, was I'm, – I'm very glad I watched that happen live. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was sitting – like, so where I was sitting was just off to the side of that. It was just uh, – so when yeah. they got the ball up, up on the wing, everyone sort mm-hmm. of stood up. I could barely see anything. I saw him take the mark and play on, but yeah. obviously I just I just could tell from the crowd reaction that – and then that's yeah. – the like the noise at, at the end of that game is the loudest thing I've ever been at in my life. Mm-hmm. It was just – it was yeah, and then like you like watch it on TV, and um, it, the, like the whole thing's like shaking. It's just oh my god, mm. up the bag is how eight. wild it gets. Yeah, oh mate, I've never been wild. to a footy game. Well, my dad took me to one once, and I fell asleep. Um, that was a very long time ago. Um, you fell asleep. I, yeah, I can see, I, I can see why I didn't I invite you again. Zoned out. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> It's such a stimulating <laughs> atmosphere. I don't know how you fell asleep. Wait, how old know. were you though? I've seen some kids sleep. Uh, I think pretty... I was like maybe uh, 14 maybe. Oh. What? Nah, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of, I had a beanie, so... pulled it over my eyes, just kind of like leant back and then, What a you know? fucking sick burn to your dad too. <laughs> uh, my sister was there. She was super into it. It's fine. It balanced out, you know. <laughs> Is it? One kid hates it, one kid loves it. It's uh, yeah. we'll call that a win. Never could have told we'd both be gay from that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that yeah, is, is awesome that the true test? Is it take your kids to a football yeah, game and see see who's what happens? Interested. Yeah, if your son falls asleep and your daughter's really into it, you know what's happening. <laughs> the second thing I want to rant about very very quickly is fucking tax. Government tax Ugh. bill can eat mm. my bottom right after oh, a day of stock take. Like oh. I, so I finally got my tax done right today, and I got a, I still owe them like nearly a grand. It's just because it's because obviously the the tax threshold that they've removed and like the hex going up. Mm-hmm. It's just it's fucked. That indexing, and, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and like yeah. I got a bonus Tony from work. Um, mm-hmm. and it just burns because you like you get like, hey, this is your bonus. And you're like, yeah, sweet. It's actually not you'll, that bad. You'll get twenty percent of it. <laughs> Yeah, and then you get like tax like forty five percent of it, and it's like you dogs. 
Mm. You dogs. Uh, the third thing I can't remember. So let's just move so on. So Pax Beer's on on you then? Pax Beer's not on me. Absolutely <laughs> not. All that money is like going to fucking bills. It is. Sounds like you're wow. an adult. Yeah. This is a I common thing I've heard this year. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, it's like going to pay off my tax, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Part of it. Um, um, the third thing was a good thing, but I'll try to remember quickly. Trying to sandwich oh, it. That's nice. The, yeah, the, the final part of the sandwich was for everyone listening at home or in the car or wherever. Uh, we hit 1,000 subs on YouTube, so thank you if you did sub to us. Um, Yay. It helped us get to our uh, YouTube partner program approval thingy. So it's on the back for you. Amazing. Good job. You know what? Buy yourself that coffee today. Buy yourself that whatever you want. You've earned it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk games and what we've been playing and I've got anything they want to share about what they've been playing. There's a few of us playing the crew, so maybe we'll have a quick little talk about that. James, yeah, you're I want to hear about the crew. You're driving, so Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um no, like it's it's a strange one, right? Because like I the the actual driving, right, is phenomenal. Mm. I I love the feel of this game, right? Like I don't I don't go in for racing games. This one works for me. It, it's very, very responsive, very haptic, very feedbacky. I, I just, it's giving me everything I need out of that experience. <clears throat> and the playlist structure. So for those who don't know, like um, the crew operates on playlists where you essentially choose like a set of, I think it's like up to six themed races that happen. So it can be themed around like muscle cars or off-road driving or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Porsche, baby. <clears throat> Porsche, exactly. Um, and during those races, they like loan you cars for those things. So you get to experience a whole variety of vehicles and you know history of, of, of cars and all that shit. And that, that stuff's really good. The, the problem I'm finding with the crew is that like so much of its world is gated behind its progression systems where like everything you like. It, okay. So I did like the Porsche playlist and I did the, the muscle car playlist. I was like, great. had a good time. But now I really want to do that off-roading addict stuff, which is like driving through the Hawaiian like wilderness, basically. It looks mm. incredible. I did it at the preview event because it was just good to go um and then here you have to buy a vehicle to get into it um and it it, there's like two currencies going on at the same time and it just doesn't feel like it's offering a particular sense of like freeform play from one thing to the other and like the whole point of the motor fest itself is the idea that like hey here's this tropical paradise we turned into a complete car holiday for you to just enjoy every one of your whims is catered to and then the actual act of playing it is just slowly unlocking progressive tiers of currencies and like colored gearboxes you can apply to your overworld vehicle you don't use in any races. It's just, I don't know, a bit of a collision of systems at the moment for me. And like, it it feels really good. It looks really good. And then I think the actual act of playing it is a bit stilted. I I can see, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Sorry, I interrupted you, Zach. No, go for it. Um, Because I've been playing it too. I've played it heaps. Um, One thing I do want to know, it has the advantage of cross-play. So my progression from mm. the Xbox to the PS5, seamless. That's good. Always uh, Yeah, because I, I was a little bit worried um, at first um, because I am part of the Ubisoft Creative Program. They send me all stuff on Xbox and then when I want to play with my friends on – well, played, they will play on PlayStation. So, <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, by the mm. way, James, you still have to add me. Um, <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, the, so the currencies, right. I think the currency is there so that there's the in-game currency and then there's the currency that you can use in-game, but you buy with real world money. Um, 
I think the in-game currency is there so that you participate in the the over-the-top festival stuff. So whether mm-hmm. it be, you know, you put in cars for competitions, you vote on things, you get credits for that, you complete the in-world challenges, you get credits for that. Um, there's also, you know, if you do want to do up a car, you can put it up and people can vote for it. And if you win, you can also, um, there's no, I don't think there's an auction house or anything like that. Um, and I think there is, I don't know if there's a livery system or something like that, but usually that kind of stuff it is gated behind the kind of cars that you do have because they want you to do other stuff in the game, which for some people, if mm. they just want to drive cars, they're probably going to find that a little bit tedious. So I definitely see mm. where you're coming from, but I think it's them trying to engage players with the so- more social, more over-the-top level kind yeah, of stuff in the game. For sure, for sure. Um, it's yeah, the, the kind of um, – and this is something I've been talking about with my mates. We're, we're still doing Diablo 4 at the moment, and the kind of omnipresent social online element of that game is – I find equally kind of like – Exhausting is the wrong word, but like I, I do find that these sort of systems that have been interlaid into single player games have started to just grate on me a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't make me feel as if I'm sort of engaging with a little pocket world of my own. It's just more of a, I have to hit arbitrary goals to progress into the next section of a very curated constantly online system um and it, it's you know that's not necessarily a value judgment on it because some people love that curated online system stuff i just personally don't quick cue uh don't know too much about this game obviously uh, comparisons to forza horizon unavoidable does this game throw a lot of okay context i love in horizon the game just constantly is throwing cars at you like just it's almost mm. like you've got this little hot wheels collection you you Wherever you look, free cars, free cars, free cars. Love that. Do you get many freebies in the crew? You get it on completion of playlists. Okay. Yeah. So you like a special car if you do a playlist. Yeah. And a like playlist can run to... you anywhere between, well, like half an hour, 45 minutes if you do them all in quick succession. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so second part of that, do you find that you often run into walls where, because you mentioned that some of these playlists are like, mm, you got to have this vehicle first. So do you run into these currency walls where you're like, oh, bloody, i got to like grind up a little more to get the car that I need to actually do the race I want to do? Uh, I, it's not, it's not so much that it was just more that like, I, I saw a bunch of playlists I wanted to do and I couldn't afford to do them until I did the first few that were already on offer. Right. And so mm. it's kind of like random was saying where it's obviously a staggered system to get you to engage with everything that they've put in front of you first. Mm. Um, it's just that, yeah, w- when you want, you know, of an open experience where it's like, Hey driver, this, this exists for you, choose the fun you want to have. And then you can't choose the fun you want to have off the bat. I think there's a bit of a, a friction there between the player and sort of the design ethos of the world. Yeah. You just described her awesome, mate. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not, yeah, I'm not really familiar with uh, that yeah. game. So yeah, so there games, are, there are, there are some, there are some areas in Forza Horizon uh, that, that do do that. Um, as much as it does throw cars at you, there is, there is a system there where it, where it will limit you to content based on the kind of cars that you've unlocked. For example, um, when the Hot Wheels DLC uh, landed on Forza Horizon 5, um, you can only drive a certain kind of car within uh, the Hot Wheels uh, world. Um, and they were, they were tiered. Um, and unfortunately, all the fun ones, all the really fast ones that like take you around the loop-de-loop and, you know, the magnetic cars, all that kind of stuff um, – you know, they they were locked behind you completing a set of challenges within that tier. Once you unlock that tier, 
then you could move on to the next one. You didn't have to do everything, but you did have to score a certain amount of points. So I think this is quite a common theme around these sort of, um, you know, arcade hybrid racing sim mm-hmm. games. Um, and I think it just poses a little bit more of a challenge for people and it gets people playing the game for a longer amount of time. That might That's be true. The, you might have hit the nail on the head there. Maybe maybe getting them to play for longer is part well, of the deal. I was, I was going to say that that whole thing that you were talking about, James, of you know you go off and do another mode, for example, and they want you to actually earn it. That's that, that's pretty mm-hmm. common in that kind of game. I feel like I like I feel like the crew two did that and right, um, yeah. So that's yeah, I yeah. So I basically, what are you saying? It's just, that's a you problem, James. A little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, no, and like I'm okay with that. I just think that you know the. The conceit of the crew motor fest is, you know, a power fantasy. It's a car power fantasy. They very explicitly sell it to you that way in the game's prologue. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, everything in this world, the vibes, the writing, the tone is all built up to be around we're catering to you. And so I just think it's strange that then it's also like, but you haven't technically earned it yet. Like, I mean, pick a lane. Like, if you want to be like, hey, you're a rookie coming up through this system, that then frame it that way, right? Like, actually give me sort of a, not a narrative reason necessarily, but even like a textual reason why it is presented the way it's currently presented, as opposed to presenting it as one thing when it operates as another. Yeah, I'm I just think, I think if they, I mean, I've not really, I've only played a couple of races, right? So I'm still doing the Porsche playlist. One thing I don't mm. like, I find quite, maybe I'm just dumb. But like the opening menu or the fucking area that you're in, I thought that was the like, um, the place where you walk around. Yeah, I've like for like mm. maybe three to five minutes nearly. I was like, where the fuck? Like, how do I get into the game? Like, how it's do right I actually, in front of you. Because I'm like, okay, well, I literally walked to the place that I wanted to do. I pushed X on it, then opened up some big thing that looked like bloody Windows 10, and I was like, there's like all this stuff here. And I'm, I'm like, I just want to do the Porsche playlist. So I push on it, and then I'm standing right back where I am. I'm like, okay, well, now what? But then, mm. you, then you have to quit out of that mode to actually get into it. Yeah. yeah. Bit- you also, you don't get fast travel until you've done 10 oh, playlists. Yeah, that's right. Um, which so is, I did one, yeah. yeah, I did one race in the Porsche thing, then left because I went and did something else. I turned it off, came back on, then had to drive like 20K to the second race. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that is, also, that is one thing, yeah. I find it, it doesn't, I mean, at least for me, it, it never starts me from like where I stopped on the island because no, it always kicks you off in the yeah. um, the the hub zone, right? Yeah. Then when you exit it, you're in your car in that central hub area every single time. And so if all the Porsche stuff is on the other side of the island, but you were there the last session that you played, you got to drive back anyway. Yeah, that's why um, I always make sure I finish a playlist before I leave. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't have it anyway. It's just like, well, mm. just drop me off the last race that I finished. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys, this yeah. game is about driving. And it, and to be honest, if we're talking about the, those cars, right? The cars that you mm-hmm. can't actually race in in the festivals, in the playlists, mm-hmm. you want to drive that car, right? You do. You do. I, I want to have my little, do you see my gnarly it's, LEDs? It's They're really cool. Busy work though. Like, it's just like, it's They're like great. with Red Dead. I thought you'd love those. You know, I just want to play the game. I don't want to have to do... The tedious bullshit it's of a, driving it's a to game. and from. Yeah, but like I and exactly, I want to race. I just don't have mm. to fucking drive twenty k. There's like little activities. If, if your attention can't last that long, there's little activities like little, <laughs> you know. I think um, you hit the nail. You hit the nail on the head again. Like if it was me and Zach's position, then yeah, it's an it's an attention <laughs> thing for me. For but me, it's, like, it's just like I just want to play. Like I don't have time to drive. Okay. You know, I got yeah, things to do. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Things to do, places to see, people to be. Um, 
I, I just want to say one more point because we've got to move on. Uh, I think the soundtrack is bad. Um, yes. The, the radio music pretty- is kind of this generic nothing EDM noise. Uh, and I, I feel like, I don't know if Forza or Horizon does this any better, right? But I feel like the, the whole, sometimes the joy of driving a car is listening to good music as well. Um, and, and I need that that vibe to be there. And it's just, it's not, to, not quite, not to quite. To be Horizon fair, I, does this. yeah, they do. I will say though, the scope in which uh, the Crew 3 does it is much broader then Forza Horizon mm-hmm. 5 does it, like because they are obviously set in Hawaii, like they can have a there's like a chill channel, you know. And I will say mm-hmm. they have a they have a specific um list of tracks for people who are doing streaming. So you just put on streamer mode and it'll That's put true. streamable yeah. streamable songs. I do on like there. that. Um mm. so as mm. look, it's just the general uh I get it. It's the general I, I, genre I, I, of the games. They're going to have those yeah. kind of uh, weird and wonderful mm-hmm. soundtracks. You can turn I it off, you know, and put your own music on. You can put Spotify yeah, just, on your PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, I've got three quick things, three little quick fire things I want to say before we do move on. I think, James, I think you're right. I think the driving is actually quite good. I quite like – I've always liked how the crew games have handled. Like, And this one does kind of tip a little bit more maybe – Maybe the same as the crew too, but um, to be in like a sim arcade, there's, I don't think it's a 50-50 split. Mm. Um, mm. Second one is a question. Actually, the last two are questions. What's the camera perspective that you use? <laughs> That's a loaded question, by the way. <laughs> I have fallen in love with the like behind the wheel perspective. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's a gorgeous game, right? It does a disservice to the game because you only see so much of it through mm. the actual windshield. Mm. But I find I'm... I have a better feel for the the movement of the car in inside the car itself, and and the fact that like the, it controls that well, I think is is a good sign. Does it have a rendered cockpit? Like if you know what I mean? Like, do you see the dash, or is it just one of those oh, no, on the windscreen? Full yeah. full dashboard and everything. Uh, the mm. mirrors don't work. Is the only thing. Like yeah. the mirrors are just kind of like a Vaseline smear. I, and I get that. <laughs> Apparently, that's yeah. that's quite a tricky thing Vaseline. to program. Yeah, smear. for sure. Yeah. Vaseline. Would know what that looks like. <laughs> Rhiannon, how about you? Me? Oh, okay. So when I've actually fallen in love with driving so I can see just a little bit of the hood. Just a little bit. Oh, just, yeah. just a slither. Mm-hmm. Um, just the tip. Okay. Just the tip of the car. <laughs> and Zach? First person, baby, every time. Anna fucking hates it. That is... No, that's deranged. You, I you have to see some part of the car. I wrote an article... A, about this, about how I play games in racing games in first person, mate. Oh boy, it is so good. Wipeout in first person is. Wait, good. have you Surely got? Surely that would be nauseating. No, no. Nah, have you got a amazing. steering wheel? No. You should get one like... if you like it. <laughs> I don't know why. Why was that suggestive? How was that suggestive, Zach? I don't no, know. I was just, I was just trying to think of. I was going to make a thing about like, like I drive an actual car. Like, I don't, you know, I've got, I've got a steering wheel. <laughs> But it wasn't. Do you have a nice car as well? Thank you. Have you got a That's Tesla? A manual. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And the last question I had just no, very Nathan quick didn't question tell again. His. Oh, Nathan playing didn't, it. Nathan's oh. not playing it, so too bad. <laughs> but what do you, what do you normally do? Um, 
it very much depends on the game and the handling. So I I do always like to try that that sort of dashboard, that cockpit mm-hmm. view. Okay. And I find that if it's too limiting, um, for example, you're given too narrow a peripheral mm-hmm. where it's actually hamstringing your gameplay, then no, I'll just I'll just go back to the third person. So uh, for for but, but like Horizon, which I keep going back to because it's like the racing game I played the most in the last year. I'm constantly switching between the two because um, mm. I don't think that there's a necessarily a clear winner. They, they're both just great. Yeah. The only wrong answer is the first person view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, th- that, that's one thing I really don't like about the Codemasters racing games like Dirt and that. They got rid of their mm. like cockpit view and just gave you that first person where it feels like you're strapped oh. to the, the front of the car. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, don't love it. But good on you, Zach, for giving it some love. Right. <laughs> Anna hates it. She can't watch. Anyway, but the last question was, um, do you find it a little bit easy? Uh, honestly, no. But that also oh. just could be because I don't have a lot of experience with these games. Um, okay. So it's hard for me to gauge what would be difficult and what wouldn't be. I am pretty consistently flipping that difficulty around, though, because some races I'm like, I just don't want to do this again. Um, so. Does it have okay. a racing line? <clears throat> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you, if you have, if if you watch Gran Turismo, mate, sometimes you got to uh, you got to you got to drive around the line. You got to drive outside. I, the I was line, hoping mate. you'd say that. Yeah, you got to betray <laughs> the racing line. The racing line. Yep. Um, uh, do you guys do? Do you folks use the racing line? Sometimes. No. I'm yeah. not good enough to say. Of course, Zach doesn't. <laughs> well, it's not by choice. It's just by speed, mate. I'm going. Too fast <laughs> too can't see. Can't see. Um, uh, no, I. I think because there's two difficulties, right? Yeah. No, yeah, there's like. Yeah. Uh, Four or five notches you can move between. Oh, actually, really? okay. Mine was yeah. just on, on the standard, and I'm finding it a little. A little oh, bit I think that easy, was so. the presets. Okay. So, anyway. yeah, right, right. Yeah, you, Rhiannon. Uh, me, I, I cannot fly the plane. <laughs> uh, the plane mm. is very difficult for me to um, <laughs> fly, um, and the boat. I keep coming like. Booze. Just go back to Harrison Ford in it. Airplane beer joke. <laughs> um, Nine Fosters. Even even without beers, I can't fly it. Um, I don't know. It's just it feels very stiff, and I am managing the, the 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 rudders. Is that what they called the flap? The flaps. Mm-hmm. Managing the flaps is very difficult. Um, flying the airplane. Um, so yeah, uh, don't expect to see any of that stuff from me because. <laughs> Unless I have to do it, I won't be doing it. Mm. Mm. That is an interesting point, though. Yeah, all this discussion about the crew. I only just now mentioned that there's planes. There's boats, too. And boats. And bikes. There are boats as well. I get the impression in the uh, previous games it was a bit more of a big deal that they had the multi-options, whereas Mm. this is a bit more car-focused. All I'm I'm saying is I was disappointed... And this is probably because uh, 2K Drive, Lego 2K Drive did um, uh, train me for this. But I thought that once I got my boat and put it like onto the land, I thought it would turn into a car. <laughs> and it didn't. Mm. And I was like, oh, yes. It just crashed instead. <laughs> well, I just sort of s- sat there and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to manually go into the menu and select so like my car. like a transformer. Car. Can't yeah, believe Rover is not amphibious. <laughs> well, it. Like I said, it's very fun and very intu- a very fun and intuitive experience in the 2K Lego Drive um, to be able to split between your off your off road vehicle and your sports car and your um, boat. I didn't know that was a mm. thing. That sounds rad. You can create a loadout for cars. Mm. 
And they nah, just... it's, and it's like seamless from what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, I'm having a fun time um, in in the crew, and um, that's all that matters. Yes. Like Xbox said, your favorite game doesn't matter. It's your favorite game. What? So if you're Who having said fun, that? that's all that matters. Who said that? The official Xbox account. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would have appreciated maybe a tweet about. You know, actually, no. Let, let's let's, let's say on. that. Let's move on. Let's. Yeah. We've, we've, got, we've got to get past the crew because we've been hell. here for half um, an hour. I know. Right? All we've talked about is booze on planes and the crew. Everyone's tuned out. <laughs> no, it's great. Everyone's jumped out. Of the, um. <laughs> Does anyone have any other games that they want to talk about before we go to the actual juicy stuff? Video? Nah, just had a little tabletop in the past week. Bit of see, see, Adam's not here. He's normally the one that I riff with. So, so I played a little bit of Nemesis, which is like a take on Aliens, the franchise, but it's not Aliens because of IP dispute shit, blah blah blah. So it's it's Aliens, the board game, and it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, we spent four hours on it just um, trying wow. to survive, and only one of us got through. And uh, yeah, if Adam was here, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, great game." Okay, you guys are just so I can see the lights dying behind their oh, eyes. Oh mate, I just love that game. You know these that's, tabletop games—they're accurate. They're fantastic, and you know what? All of you can go suck a lemon because uh, they're way better than any. I don't know where I'm going with this. Step up, Adam. That's the kind of energy I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say. Okay, anyone who I, I'm very much enjoying my Starfield experience, um, but I'm taking my time and I feel so much pressure to be up to new game plus 11. Oh my God. How, <laughs> I felt that pressure. I, fe- I feel so much pressure. I'm like, um, I, I, I don't know. And like all this stuff is happening and there's stars and drugs and aliens. And like, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a fun time, but man, don't. I don't want to hear about your new game plus, all right? I just don't. Yeah, I had the very <laughs> similar phenomenon as soon as talk about this new game plus started happening and people being like, the game actually starts at new game plus. That's why I made a beeline to it and finished it in a week. Otherwise, I would have done what you've done and take your time because that's where that's when you have the most enjoyment. I'm, with I'm the almost game, there. I think. I'm, al- I'm almost there. It's just, yeah, getting there. And, Pressure. Um, yes. Exactly. Nice. Good times. Okay, so let's move for actually, James. Do you have anything that you, that you want to? Uh, any games? Um, no, <clears throat> just a, a minute to say I've been I've jumped back into Armored Core finally. Um, found some time to keep dicking around with that, and uh, it continues to be just tops. That's all. Apparently, new game plus on that's pretty sweet too. And new game plus plus, which is the one that's I'm working my heard. way that's towards. That's the real game. <laughs> that's where the real <laughs> game begins. Exactly. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I that that thing might be my game of the year. I I don't know yet. That's we'll wild. find out. Spoilers, jeez. <clears throat> Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right, Nathan, you have a couple of things you want to talk to us about, but before you do, let's go to the shout outs. Enter the soundbite, which there isn't, but you know, whatever. So the shout outs are. Let's go to big bad bustling Ash Wailing. He has reviewed Mortal Kombat One. Says. NetherRealm Studios has scooped up all of its favorite toys and redistributed them across the playroom in a way that has re oh god revivified the Mortal Kombat experience, birthing perhaps the most solid and enjoyable fighting game I have ever encountered. It gives it a nine point five. I didn't read that right. 
You no, did. you did. It, I, I made he, the same he, stumble. There's a whole thing in his review about the re-words. It's, it, it's a joke at the end. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, Zach. I, I stumbled on it too. Uh, I think that's it for shout-outs this week. I don't think we have anything else. Shout-outs to you for being here. You've Thank you. That one as well. Mm. Have another coffee. Have another one. <laughs> Probably need it after that crew conversation. Just you can just keep listening to us on the loo. That's a good <laughs> chat. <laughs> I thought he was talking to me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was talking to me. <laughs> uh, um, as you know, Ash does have another quick, quick shout-out. Uh, he did... Um, a interview with World of the Warcraft, World of the Warcraft, sorry, World of Warcraft, the Guardians of the Dream uh, people. So there's a there's a nice little juicy article up on the website for that if you're into WoW. Love WoW. Uh, that's it. So let's go to Nathan and dealer's choice. You can choose which one you want to start with first. I think we'll start with the one that I think is most exciting. They're both exciting, but this one is huge. This is Cyberpunk's DLC expansion, first and only. So this is Phantom Liberty. And obviously this comes with the big uh, 2.0 update that's getting a bit of buzz around Cyberpunk where they've effectively given us a game that's much closer to what was marketed. This feels much more in line with what I expected to play on day one when I played it on PC. And it's saying that, you know, the OG game, I still had a good time. Didn't think it was marvellous. Didn't hit the kind of bugs and issues folks had. But I was like, yeah, it's not the best. I had a good time with it. Um, But I had a couple of issues with it. And these are issues that are in a huge way fixed, dealt with, amended in Phantom Liberty. The first of those being... Uh, I didn't feel in my experience because uh, cyberpunk has so many kind of like different endings and that, that I realized in my experience, I didn't feel like the game had much of an act two. It's got this enormous act one. And by the time you finish act one, you're effectively 50% through the game. And then by the time I was digging into the next act, it ended. So I was like, Oh shit. I was expecting that three act structure. It started, it ended boom. Uh, whereas like all the interesting stuff was in the side content. This game, uh, rather Phantom Liberty as a DLC, as a $45 expansion, which, let me, let's be clear, this is a CD Projekt Red expansion. Uh, these folks hit it out of the park with The Witcher. They've hit it out of the park here as well. This, I would say, is the Act 2 that Cyberpunk 2077 did not have. And as such, I would I won't bear the lead here. I think Phantom Liberty is essential. I think if you are going to play Cyberpunk, if you've never played it before, you owe it to yourself to. And look, I don't like to tell people that they should be shilling out extra for a game when it should have already been the you know the complete thing at the start. But I think you kind of need to put that forty five dollars aside to play the proper Cyberpunk experience because this is set in. Uh, a place called Dogtown. This is actually within the world of Cyberpunk. So this this whole DLC is very much taking place during your campaign. This is not an epilogue or a prologue. This is in the heart of the game. So we've got characters like Johnny Silverhand that are along for the ride. So we've got more backstory on his character. This is the character played by Keanu Reeves. Uh, that was another issue I had with the base game. Um, I mean, let's be clear, this is cyberpunk. This isn't cyber stoic. This isn't cyber hero. This is a kind of edgy game and it leans into it hard, which is probably my only criticism about this. Like some people won't like how edgy it is, but um, I've lost my train of thought there because my brain's a bit fucked at the moment. But in saying that, I had a terrific time with this. It's As it's set during the main game, 
we get more exposure to Johnny Silverhand. We get a lot of his backstory, which fleshes him out as a character. So he becomes less abrasive on the surface or less obnoxious, or we get a reason for why he comes across as obnoxious. And that actually gave me a bit of heart that I wasn't expecting in the game because I didn't think that Cyberpunk had a whole lot of heart. As I said, it's it's very edgy front and center. Um, so this game has some of that uh, character building that I thought that the base game greatly lacked. And as such, amends a lot of the holes in the writing. As uh, The writing on the whole still won't be for everyone. Still very grim. Still doesn't let you quite role play the character that you might come into wanting to play. Like, you, as I say, you're not going to be a, a hero, a virtuous character. You're not going to be able to complete this game without doing a few bad deals and tarnishing your character. But, uh, in short, this is a really densely packed little DLC. The, do- the actual area of Dogtown that this is based is set in Pacifica, which is kind of like the, the southern point of the cyberpunk map. It's this kind of like little walled off district. And inside this district, it's like a whole nother little microcosm of the city. The way it's fleshed out and told both via its environment and via the main missions is brilliant. Uh, we've got this setting of what was supposed to be this kind of micro utopia that halfway through a war broke out and rather than being able to build this like pal- um, re- like resort and, and uh, retirement place for billionaires, uh, it's been just overtaken by drugs, violence, criminal warfare on a scale that's not seen anywhere else in uh, Night City. So you've got this little microcosm where the stories that are told are quite complex and as i say there's no good way out of any situation here every single mission is um it's it's kind of it's they've all got their own set pieces they've all got little boss battles and everything feels very fleshed out there's i'm using a lot of superlatives here because honestly i haven't hit the credits on this i'm approaching it uh, I haven't really got much negative stuff to say. As I said, every issue I had with base Cyberpunk, if it's not addressed by the 2.0 update, which fixes things like uh, uh, you've now got armed combat while driving, which sounds like a small thing, but the fact is I do remember in base Cyberpunk, you'd be in a car chase, someone's harassing you. I would literally always just pull over the car, get out, pull out my weapon, shoot the car, because it was the most effective way of dealing with car combat. Now, car combat's this seamless thing that, that um, it's got like a lock-on system, which works in the in the um, lore of the game, because obviously you're this digital character you're able to like use these lock-on systems and stuff like that it it all works within the spirit of what this game is uh and then the other big thing is obviously idris elba big star power here doesn't pop up until you're well and truly a few hours into the game and doesn't really leave your side much he's very prominent and to really put a smile on my dial uh Oftentimes, you're dealing with him and Keanu Reeves's character in the same scene. So you got this double star power, and they're not necessarily riffing off each other, but the different kinds of elements that they bring to conversations, whereas Idris's character, Solomon Reed, is quite stern, uh, quite sober, and quite rational. Uh, you've got Johnny Silverhand that's all, you know, quite a chaotic rebel and so on. So they, they add a nice balance to the game that I feel like wasn't there initially. The characters, right across the board, we've got a great cast of characters that all pop in here, which is why I emphasize this is an act two. I can't see people ignoring this. If you're gonna if you've played Cyberpunk, 
come back for this. Um, when I came back for this, I, it gives you the option right at the start. Do you want to make a new character and then experience this as you're organically going through the story? Or would you like us to just make you a character at like level 15? Um, we'll give you a whole stack of skill points, just jump straight in and we'll throw you straight into this story. And then when you come out, you can keep going on with Cyberpunk, the base game. We'll just skip past um, the tutorial. Brilliant. I love That's that. That's great. Particularly, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought this was brilliant because um, the game has changed so much. Buttons and the way you interact with the world is fundamentally changed on both small and big levels that trying to pick this game up after launch was just a headache. So it was nice to jump in semi-fresh and kind of get reacquainted. Uh, there is a couple of little things I'll just mention as well and only positive. Uh, just this evening as I was playing, I came across, I think... Apparently Grimes was in the base game, had a cameo as a character called Lizzy Wizzy. Didn't know this. I no. must have missed this. The cat, the, this character pops up again in a way that I don't think you can really miss. Uh, and and this Grimes cameo is actually gave me goosebumps. Like, fucking brilliant. Uh, <laughs> so I was really excited about that. Honestly, there's been no effort spared here in terms of performances right across the board. Um, my partner was walking past my computer screen, saw Idris's character, and went, oh, it's that guy. Like, we've we've blown past the Uncanny Valley. This game looks brilliant, sounds brilliant. Even Idris is, like, a whole shit, like, a whole heap of his music is, like, now in the game as well. Because, like, he's been producing music for fucking for ages. So, and, um, yeah, I can talk at, at, at much greater <laughs> length about this. Uh, I fucking love it. I didn't, as I said, didn't love the base game, but I love this. And I think this has now made Cyberpunk the game it should have been that I would easily recommend to most people that had any interest in this. The only criticism, the only criticism I would have is, as I say, that role-playing is still so dark and edgy that some people just aren't going to be able to play the character that they want to play and they'll feel a little bit turned off by that. I've come to accept this as not much of a caveat because it is true to the spirit of the game and this game is quite oppressive in its atmosphere and writing. So all in all, haven't hit the credits, but I'm absolutely blown away on pretty much every conceivable level. I want to fucking throw something at my cat. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear just, Yeah, he's just yeah, sure. um, Play Cyberpunk. How do we feel about that, good? Uh, you know what? It, it really does make me want to play it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed. I've, I've wanted a reason to go back to that game at some point. So Th- this is absolutely the reason. I'm so How pleased. How much is it? Yeah, forty five dollar he does. Okay. It is. Yeah. It is criminally well valued for what it is. The whole time I've been playing, I've been thinking like, when is the last time I played a game with this amount of content and this kind of production value for sub fifty dollars? Mm-hmm. Like this has just blown my mind. But you need but the you- first Cyberpunk to play it. But Correct. you yeah. do yeah. need yeah. to have shelled out for the. To first be fair, Cyberpunk. I got a disc of the first Cyberpunk for like nine bucks. So you know, it's you know, it's not hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I absolutely yeah, agree. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's lots of things. There's a lot to love uh, in there, and um, yeah, I can't wait to experience it firsthand. Cool. As for a score. Haven't haven't landed on a final score, but I would say that the, the base score would probably be a 9.5. I'm probably going to try and argue for something a little bit higher, but, you know, that's where we're sitting. Mm. That's Fancy. really bloody good. Okay. That is. So in your in your mind, has um, there might be a cat death on, on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in your mind, have 
has CD Projekt Red re- revived, not revived. That's in my brain. They have completed um, their redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This this is absolutely. Do you, do you think that maybe charging for well, I mean, any money for this, right? Like, but like forty five bucks is not. It's not nothing, right? Do, do you think that maybe given the state that that game initially launched in, the kind of broken promise of cyberpunk being the, the narrative that was around that game, um, do you think maybe there, there should have been a path to a a slightly cheaper redemption arc for the players who initially did invest in this game when it was a full price product and arguably the shell of what this sounds like it turns it into? I think that... Uh- I'd be surprised if this isn't a conversation that we see over the next couple of weeks quite prominently because, as I say, like, it it feels essential. Like, it mm. feels like you need mm. this to enjoy Cyberpunk. That's kind of a bit of a... That's, that's not quite true because the fact is, is the, the 2.0 update is so comprehensive and there's almost nothing locked behind this DLC. The only things that are locked is obviously that, that story content and there is a new skill tree uh, that's, you know, it's a small skill tree. It's only, it, and it really is only a small addition. The fact is they've completely overhauled and overhauled the, the, the actual main skill trees in the game. And there is so much quality and depth there that previously wasn't. And you're, all, you're getting all that for free. Like gotcha. the, yep. the amount of stuff that they are giving players in this update, I know it should have been there from day one, but it in itself feels like a, you know, a nice little redemption arc. And for those that mm. want to pay a little extra, I'm conflicted. I am conflicted yeah, on this because I do genuinely believe that, that anyone playing Cyberpunk needs to play this and therefore that they should have probably got it on day one. But then there is so much quality here. Like every, mm. all the all the performance capture, all the missions are just designed so bloody well. There, there's no filler. There's just nothing here that, that distracts. I'm 15 hours in. I, I don't know when I'm going to see the end of this. And one thing I'll quickly mention... Uh, and I'll be as vague as I possibly can. They've done the Witcher 2 thing here, where there is a pivotal point in the game where you've got to make a decision and completely gives you an entirely other, like, different game depending on what mm. you've chosen. Like, you're going nice. to be... Like, we're not just talking a different branch. Like, you'll replay this game and have an entirely different experience. And it does lead to different endings and stuff as well. Like, it's amazing, huge. Just nice. just on that, uh, on, the, on the pricing thing, do you think they could have actually considered this and that's why it is $45. Like, do you think that they yeah, could I have do. possibly charged more for this? And I think if, I, if they yeah. came out and actually said, hey, we sorry we fucked up, we've made it $45, it's still, like, that sounds a bit shit, like, if you know what I mean? Like, it's not something that I they would, I think, come out and um, advertise. Yeah. Yeah. The, the for, biggest for just... This is 45 Australian, so that would be, what, like, 29, maybe 28 US, or so, I'm having a guess. Yeah, I'd say mm. so. Which which does sound pretty cheap for a pretty meaty DLC, right? Like I got, yeah. I got no idea of what Witcher DLCs cost. Actually, around the same, yeah. They, I think they had a thirty and a fifty dollar one. Were they size? I've never, I've not played them. So were they the same sort of size, or was this yeah. a bit chunkier? Yeah, I'd say this is not quite as big as what. This isn't quite as impressive as much of an overhaul as um, Blood and Wine, the second DLC, which gave us. Not just a little area, it gave us like an entire bloody new like, country. Like, it's huge. Uh, this is just a very small little area that's already in, technically already inside Night City. It's just walled off, and now we get access into those walls. So it doesn't feel necessarily as substantial as the top end DLC we get. But, god damn. 
God it's, damn. I, feel, I really do feel like I'm I'm splitting hairs trying to trying to swing criticisms at this. Mm. Well, speaking of hair, there is a game that loves its hair, and that is the other game that you're here to talk about. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Oh. I do find it amusing that the only thing you take away from that game's marketing is this <laughs> anime hair. Good on you. <laughs> I'll keep this one much, much briefer. So I was able to fly to Sydney, courtesy of old mates Ben Namco. Got to go uh, hands-on with this just yesterday prior to the recording. Good little 90-minute session across two demos of next year's follow-up to the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So just right off the bat, again, for context's sake, I left Final Fantasy VII Remake a little bit cold, played it during the pandemic on PlayStation 4, and I think the important thing to note here, my big issues with it was... um, didn't entirely gel with the combat. It's it's quite fast paced, but then during combat you you will be opening up menus and you'll be going deep into to menus and flicking between menus. And for me that was odd. Didn't quite click with it. I'm not quite sure that I still do. And that's probably because I'm not very good at it, I've realised. While I was playing the demo, I was getting thrashed. I'm not quite you know, I took a bit of bit of a blow to the ego. So I think <laughs> part of my disparagement of remake is actually probably just due to the fact I might have been a little bit shit at it. So I'll have to swallow that one. Um, otherwise, a couple of the issues I had, I didn't really like the exploration. I felt like it was really um, on rails, like you just it's very pretty. But most of it felt like I was kind of wandering down corridors and maybe just um, and, and, and a lot of, lot of fucking scaffolding. I just didn't find the environment of Midgar very interesting. Well, straight off the bat, those two things are immediately solved here. The first thing I'll mention, and it kind of seems like a little thing, but it does a lot for the game. They've got a new traversal system. Pretty much any anything you can come up against, you can clamber up and over and around. Gives this game a real sense of grand adventure because a lot of what we were playing in the demo was set outside of the population centers. So in the wilds, and as I'm going about the wilds, it didn't feel like anything was out of reach. So I was able to clamber up and over all different kinds, like into ravines and really gave me a great sense of scale in this world. So I actually felt like, okay, we've got exploration down pat. That's what I kind of want in this big sprawling RPG. I want to be able to explore, right? So big box ticked there and uh, had me smiling the whole time through the exploration because they've put a lot of uh, activities and contents into the environments quite organically. So as you're wandering around, just like you, uh, terrible comparison, but just like you would in a in Starfield or Bethesda RPG, you're just going to come across interesting things and you're just going to get taken off the beaten path. I love that. That's here. That wasn't really a thing that I came across much in Remake. Remake felt very, very focused. This feels a lot more player-driven. Uh, one of the great things I encountered as I was going about this world is, and this is a neat little thing, um, they've got baby chocobos. Chocobos, they're these little chicken chickadee-type things that you can <laughs> ride. They've got these baby chocobos. And I don't know, I know that in Final Fantasy VII, which I haven't actually I played like an hour of. So I haven't played Final Fantasy VII, the original. I know that there's like a Chocobo breeding minigame. I don't know if that's here, but I know that they're already playing on it because I found this little baby Chocobo and it was like taking... I was like playing chase with it. Chasing it around, it's taking me to these little fast travel locations so I can activate them. And But the fucked up thing is that the little Chocobo's got like a little acorn on its hide. It's got this little like nut shell on its hide that looks like it's a part of its body. And... I want to be hopefully one of the first out there to say that I think this is going to raise some questions about how these little motherfuckers are birthed because it <laughs> looks like they're hatched out of nuts. 
So I'm wondering if <laughs> as a part of the, the process, like obviously breeding, there's a bit of nut involved and then they've actually got to cut themselves out of the nut. I don't know. There's a lot going on here in terms of what is the breeding process of... I, I spent a lot of time distracted in this because it was a big part of the demo. <laughs> Staring at chocobo Switch. butts. Yeah. Well, like, I, there's no chocobo... Little, little chickadee chocobos, they ain't got butts. They've got these acorns. And it's the weirdest thing and it raises some questions. Moving on. Exploration, down pat, brilliant. Combat, they've added a few more layers to it that I found really interesting. One of them is we've got synergy attacks. So rather than your teammates, as you're in combat and you're being fast paced and dodging around and blocking and then opening up menus to do spells because most of the time you're not really mapping a lot of your abilities to buttons, you're going through menus. Didn't love that, but whatever. It's still a thing here, but they've expanded it. Synergy abilities, you've got... Uh, in, in the example I was given, I had a party that was made of just Cloud and Sephiroth. This was cool. This was a, this was a flashback sequence. Uh, definitely opened up a lot of character building potential that I wasn't expecting and really enjoyed, particularly around the big villain Sephiroth that, you know, one of the biggest names in gaming, I think, or at least for me growing up, it was some, someone who I always came across. You get to play as him during mm. combat, handles so much differently from the other characters in the game, really fast-paced, um, very, very powerful, very satisfying. And these synergy abilities get your teammates who are usually just standing off on the side when you're not actively playing as them. They're just standing off on the side, throwing some attacks in. Um, a lot of the time, I'm usually having to res them up because they're just a bit shit and die a lot. This time, because of the synergy abilities, they're much more actively involved in what you're doing. These abilities will trigger and they're very cinematic, very flamboyant, lots of special effects, feel great on the dual sense. Uh, so that put a bit of a smile on my dial. Uh, but I still am just really bad at this combat system. I was spending most of my time having to manage my allies, rather, which is a bit of a distraction when I'm trying to dodge all of these furious attacks coming at me from all these creatures left, right, and center. I'm constantly going through menus trying to keep my allies alive. So a bit ho-hum there. Um, so I guess the only other thing I would say is... Actually, I don't know that there is a whole lot of other stuff to say. This is more of a remake. It feels like it's expanded hugely. Fixed a couple of things I didn't like. Still don't love the combat, but that's a reflection on me rather than the game, I think, because I'm definitely an outlier in this. You'll talk to most people, they love the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Don't know much about where the story's going. As I say, didn't play the original. Uh, I think the sense of adventure and exploration... And the reward with that has really tickled me. I'm keen to get into this world and see where these little odd curiosities that pop up as you're exploring take me. Because I think that might be where, or for me, in my experience, that was where all of the charm was. And it was charm. I was smiling from ear to ear because it wasn't the main quest line that was that had all of the humor and heart. It was everything else. And I, I love that in, a, in an RPG. I love being able to ignore the critical path and have as much fun, if not more. That looks like it's going to be a big part of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And when they say that there are dozens of hours, if not 100 hours of content, based on what I've seen and how they populate this world, I'd believe it. And I'm really keen to see more. Very nice. Big shout-outs to, uh, to Bandai there for Thank you, Bandai Um yeah. Question for you. After playing 16, no, yes? Yeah. Yep. 16 yep. and being disappointed with it, is sure. um 
how does how does this one make you feel? Does this does this revive your love for um, Final Fantasy? It's a really tricky one, Zach, because um, Final Fantasy VII obviously has such a storied history, and people that love it love it a lot. And I didn't play it, so I don't have those nostalgia goggles. And it still is very much heavily hinting, nodding, and winking at those established fans. I'm seeing in cutscenes, there's all these little in-jokes and little characters that pop up that you know are popular with the community, even if... And they won't mean a whole lot to new players. Like, I saw them, I recognized them, I didn't get them. So, whereas Final Fantasy 16 was just open arms, anyone, whether you've played a Final Fantasy or not, come here and you'll have a good time. And I do think Final Fantasy 16 is a hugely approachable game. Uh, 7, there's a little bit more baggage and a little lot and a lot more winking to the nostalgia crowd that left me a little bit on the outside at times um but in saying that i'm not disappointed i am really trying to keep an open mind with this because as someone who missed the boat on final fantasy 7 i've always wanted to understand what it is people love about this and i can see that they're working really hard to modernize that very old game and still try and have those beats that people love and as i say they're just there's always these little um little references to to characters and jokes and stuff like that i could see it all there and it makes me smile even though i don't fully appreciate it so although i'm not over the moon for this just simply based on i don't have that that point of reference i think i hope i sincerely hope that the folks that love final fantasy 7 they're gonna be over the fucking moon with this that's the vibe i'm getting and i think that's terrific like if it, if it doesn't blow me out of the water and it blows everyone else out, brilliant. The, the feeling I had when I've been playing um, <clears throat> 7 Remake this year was a lot of, um, again, I missed the original game, right? And so seeing oh, the, yeah. um, the, the very obvious ways the camera and the tone of any given scene is kind of like, this is an important moment, you know? Oh, like <laughs> you, you're very, of that. It's you like know what they're doing you. with it, right? Yeah. I, exactly, yeah. Even if you don't have the exact point. Um, I think Rebirth is going to be an interesting one because it's not just a, you know, fans of the original kind of thing. It's also now going to be fans of the original and fans of the remake as well leading into to Rebirth, right? Because I'm assuming, I can't imagine you got to see any of this, but like Remake is, has a very fucky relationship with time and canon and timelines, right? Um, it, 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 yeah, uh, I, it, yes. So we obviously can't say too much about that because it's very spoilery and it left mm. me a little bit flabbergasted, a little bit stunned because I, yeah, it, it goes, it, it jumps the fucking shark when it comes it does. to <laughs> <laughs> playing with the sense of time and canon and maybe even like multiverse shit. Mm. I don't know. It, it goes mm-hmm. wild. And then obviously uh, with Rebirth, they're also expanding this to include, like, as I said, there's flashbacks here. Like we're playing the demo. One of the, one of the two demos was actually set five years before the event of Final Fantasy VII. So hardcore wow. fans are going to love that. That's that's mm. more history of around this world to sink their teeth into. Is that into. with Zach? Is it? No, it wasn't. But we are oh. gonna, apparently we're going to see some more of Zach. So okay. I, I'm really impressed that not only are they telling more of the Final Fantasy story, like of the actual original game, they're going head first into the expanded lore that we've mm. seen in the anime spin-off games like they're sparing no expense and, and it seems like they're turning over every rock to make sure that this is everything a final fantasy 7 fan could want and i'm not yeah. that fan but i can see them catering so heavily mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool yeah nice solid i'm keen very keen yeah i, I am too i i'm, I'm, I'm I, yeah i'm a keeper a real open mind on this one 
And uh, I know we're about to go into the news, so I mean, this is a good one to sort of kick off with. But this got a release date this week, I believe, or did it already have a release date? When is I think the release? It, it got the release date this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feb twenty ninth. Yeah. Which really, I mean, considering how fast SEP's been going, it, you know, hop, skip, and jump will be there, barreling and, towards and it. Yeah. Just to rem- just remind me, that's PS five exclusive. Interestingly enough, I had this conversation yesterday with, with the team as well, because we're all sitting there like, is this just a PS5 exclusive? Yes, it is. And I think that's really neat too. I think because graphically and everything, it just looks marvelous. We're playing mm. on the, the 4K 30 for FPS. It's looking brilliant. Um, it, it There's no compromise here, whereas Remake was a game that was on PS4 and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, one, one does wonder if they comprom- had, to, had to compromise a little bit on scope. Did you see the news that uh, uh, remake right had sold less copies than Resident Evil Three remake? Oh, not two Shit. even, but three, really? which is widely considered to be not a loved game, right? Mm, I, I th- that away. was fascinating. Yeah, because like Square Enix has been in some money troubles lately, so there's been a lot of talk about how their properties are doing, and obviously with things like Forspoken and whatnot not doing super well. Um, I think there was that kind of general assumption, at least from my end, that like, oh, but Final Fantasy must be doing great for them. But yeah, that, apparently that remake did not set the world on fire. So I'm I wonder stunned. if that's um, if a lot of people were like waiting. Uh, maybe to see if a mm. collector's pack or something, because th- mm. from my un- understanding, the remake was only the first part of the game. It's yeah. a f- it's a fraction of the game. Yeah. I was, I'll be honest with you, not, not knowing what I was in for, I was disappointed to realize that it's just the first. It is just the first town of Final Fantasy VII, which is a huge game. Like it is mm. a, such a little bite of what is a huge game. So I was like, oh, are they doing the Hobbit thing where they're just going to stretch this motherfucker <laughs> out? And yes, they are doing the Hobbit thing where they're going to stretch it out, but they're doing it in really but with better hair. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's all and that less, matters. And less hair on the feet. So um, yes, crucially. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just wonder if, if that's a thing, right? Like, if people are like fuck this, I'm not paying X dollars whatever it is mm. for, for the first part and also you mm. got to remember just on that is that this was only a playstation exclusive right whereas uh, resident evil's across th- four at least point. three platforms yeah right? that's true Ma- yeah. maybe even four so um mm. but i wonder like how long i wonder what the monetary benefits are for square for keeping it off other platforms and whether it we know whether that lack of sales makes up for it. Yeah, the, that window must be rapidly closing, I'm guessing. Um, in the Sony money. I mean, it depends. Like, I mean, I feel like if there's one company that Sony is going to buy that's a big company, it'll be, mm. it'll be square. Like, yeah. I feel like everyone else is kind of off the table. I feel like Capcom won't sell themselves, but mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of saved themselves. Um, yeah, I, I'd of, agree. I think there's a, uh, there's like ownership issues, not issues, but like FromSoft isn't like just, a thing on its own. There's a lot of layers above FromSoft that make it, I think, difficult to acquire as well. Because they're the only other people I could think of that I think would make sense for like a massive Japanese company like Sony to absorb. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The like, you know, bring them sort of like bring them back in house after Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Sure. Um, But I thought, I mean, I think they're Squaresoft. Oh, no, no. The the old days. Yeah. Yeah, Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. 2003 is when they Mm. stopped being Squaresoft. Uh, One one quick thing I will mention on this conversation, specifically around exclusivity. You might wonder, okay, as a PS5 exclusive, 
how is there any way that they're going to make this take you know advantage of the hardware you know if we're going to make this an exclusive let's go real deep on it Uh, i'm not really convinced that's the case because when i see a ps5 exclusive one of the first things i'm looking for is and I, I'm probably not alone in this integration of the DualSense. I, mm. I want to see them do some interesting stuff with the controller. They don't. They don't use the triggers in any capacity. Uh, the big reason for this, I suppose, is because in Remake and Rebirth, the the triggers actually just control the fucking menus, and you're not you're not really wanting adaptive trigger work on the menus. So a bit of a miss there. There's there's nothing here that makes me think this has to be an exclusive. So maybe it's when just, you like it's just backroom dealing. Go to quit the game, the trigger like seizes up and you can't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even the haptics. The haptics were like they were good, but you know this this there's no reason that this shouldn't be on Xbox, for instance. I mean, it's just a shame. Yeah, like I've always been okay with exclusive deals as long as they're capped at a certain time, right? And and probably no yeah. more than twelve months, really. Um. I also no. want a little extra out of my exclusive, you know. If you're going to be a PS5 exclusive, you know, make it worth my while. But, mm. but nah. What does that mean, Nathan? It means I like a little extra hardware integration. That's maybe some, ma- like, maybe get like, the exclusive hair. I like right. my triggers to fight back. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Let's move on to the to the news. Unless, uh, Rand, did you have any questions about hair or Final Fantasy? No, no, I don't. All I can say is that um, you've convinced me more on the cyberpunk side more than the Final Fantasy side, but I think that was to be expected. I'm pleased. Yes. If I sold (laughs) anything today, that would be the takeaway. (laughs) Cool. Well, James, take it away. Hey. Yeah, so the original plan for tonight was to kind of have a bit of a discussion about the two, um, like the Nintendo Direct and the Sony State of... Is it State of Play? Is that what it was? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so to play that they did, but then obviously some even bigger news ended up coming out. Um, did anyone else here watch either of these events? No. Yes. Excellent. Well, I watched hey. the direct. Okay. Okay. I watched the direct. I, I, I mean, and when I say watch, I watched it back. I didn't get up at the crack of dawn. Yeah, no, I, I Or stay up still yeah. until the wee hours. Who would do that? Not me, certainly. To Depending write it up time, for well yeah, played. would do that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, good. Thank you, James. Yeah. No. 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 You're good. It's it's me and Adam. It's Adam, Adam's the. the Thank lab. you, Adam. We love you. you um, did well. But I think what? you still. I mean, like, let's. Yeah. Like, go for it. Oh, there's links here. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 there, there's links. There's even I, a, a note in the show about how I wanted this conversation to go, but nobody reads my notes. Uh, sorry. No, sorry. I, that's. I scroll down to the news. Sorry. I missed that part. <laughs> no. No. You're good. Um. Are there any? Okay. I guess Nathan. Like anything in that Nintendo Direct that jumped out at you as being the thing you're excited for. Oh yes, um, that that bloody unicorn. What what was it called? Like there was this game with this bizarre title called like Unicorn Commander or something. The new Vanillaware game. Oh, anyway. oh, yeah, the strategy one um, yes. from the uh, Thirteen Sentinels guys. Vanillaware, yeah. yeah the yeah, moment yeah. I saw that, I I was like, because they have such an. Th- this is a developer that's been developing for games since the PS One or PS Two, and they've always had this particular, almost hand drawn pastel aesthetic. Uh, that's still distinctly like Japanese anime adjacent. So the moment I saw that in the director's like, okay, 13 mm-hmm. Sentinels, fantastic. Odin Sphere, brilliant. Like these folks just make excellent, excellent games for the for, for the audience that likes them, which is me. I like my JRPG and adjacent titles. So whatever that game was called, that that was awesome. I just remember uh, it had Unicorn in the name y- and it was just <laughs> bloody stupid. Yeah, Unicorn <laughs> Overlord is there the it name. Is. Yes. What a dumb name. <laughs> 
Yeah, it feels like they uh, they did the whole um, or was it Octopath Traveler, but they've skipped the step of pretending they're not just going to keep the code name. Um, and well, just like, like fuck it's it, a very Square overlord. Enix type thing. It's like yeah. triangle strategy. And exactly. Like yeah. Let's just uh, put two nouns together and call it a day. <laughs> I mean, if it works for them, right? <laughs> uh, Rhiannon, what time down to you? For a Nintendo? Uh, Nintendo or Sony, whatever whatever strikes your fancy. Um, look, um, we all know that PlayStation is not my preferred console, so I feel like whenever I talk about it, people are expecting me to um, <laughs> say something negative. Um, but to be honest, my, high, my my hopes are rarely high for a PlayStation state of play. Um, but like if my one takeaway from it was, oh, shiny PlayStation controllers, um, <laughs> it probably, <laughs> prob- probably um, left a lot to be desired. Um, obviously, um, I actually have seen a few really interesting things about a Spider-Man 2. Um that's a very and you know well anticipated game, um, but and this wasn't in the this particular footage wasn't in the showcase. But one of the developers actually put a uh, like a screen recording of you in the map in Spider Man Two, selecting your position and flying directly into the map as Spider Man. Mm. It's like the fast travel is very cinematic. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. So I I think they're going to be leaning heavily on Spider-Man 2 and uh, so they should. It's a it's an exciting game. It's a great franchise. Um but yeah, overall wasn't too what mm. wasn't wasn't too hyped and I know that you've written in the notes that you know potentially they are holding off, you know, at the moment we are, you know, there's lots of you know, talk around um, Starfield, obviously, and Xbox and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And maybe there is there's, is going to be a heavy hitter uh, coming up, which, you know, th- there's a lot to look forward to. Like I would, re- I, I can't wait to hear about um, the Wolverine game. Um, I know that that's in development. Um, so, so, yeah, like th- that's just mm-hmm. typical. However, Nintendo are in their era. They are so <laughs> good at the moment. And I, I've said this so many times across um, – across my content, my children are experiencing another golden age of Nintendo. And I'm so, I'm so here for it. Paper Mario, the thousand year door remake. Oh my goodness. My children and myself are going to play the crap out of that game. Princess Peach. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Princess Peach. (laughs) I love you. You've inspired my, my five year old is so inspired. Um, just, absolutely knocking it out of the park and I'm so here for it. Um, mm-hmm. If, Nint- if Ninten- Nintendo makes people fall in love with gaming, can I say that? Mm. They, they, make, they, they foster intergenerational gaming and that is what makes gaming so fantastic. Mm. <laughs> I'll put words in Zach's mouth. As long as you've still got that inner child, isn't that right, Zach? <laughs> you don't have to foster that inner child if you want to enjoy Nintendo. Still, Look, we're all kids in our own way, aren't we? We're all, yeah, mm, we're all big kids in our own way. So, are you not? Are you not an? Uh, you know, Mario doesn't do Fuck it for no. you, or uh, absolutely uh, not. Never has. Famous Zach quote: "Oh, Nintendo's just for kids." <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? Um, I tell me what. 
No, that's right. You enjoy those G-rated games. I'm sure they're... It makes, makes me feel like a big kid. <laughs> Damn it. No, I just do it to, to stir everyone up. It's um, fine. Like those, those games have just never been my thing. Um, Look, mm. they're, they're not a game... I probably would be less into them if, it, if I wasn't a parent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, get, totally. but, get but gaming parents or Nintendo fans, cozy gamers, uh, oh, they're just frothing. They're eating good, aren't <laughs> they? They're, um, they are. The games get too too high scores for me to enjoy. <laughs> More of a six out of or seven out of ten kind of guy. So yeah, I feel you. Um, just just quickly, I, I just saw that uh, there was a Tales of Arise DLC. I had planned on asking mm. you about this because I knew it was going to be your exact thing. Oh, damn. <laughs> so this was uh, old old mate from Presta sent me a, a, a message about this like six months ago because apparently there'd been a little bit of a leak. So we're anticipating this. And now we see it. I'm I'm absolutely chuffed because because I gave this a nine. Uh, Tales of Arise, I thought it was fantastic. Just blew me away. I'd never played the series before, and I remember saying after the review on podcast, I felt really silly. I was like, I, th- I feel like they could follow this up with more content, but typically Tales games don't really get sequels ordinarily. So for this to get any kind of follow up is is really exciting. Hasn't it also been like three years or something? Since the game, or two years, like it's been a it substantial a amount of time. Two thousand one title, I think. The is this not oh. DLC, or is this not this like is DLC? Right, okay, but for for what game? Like the Ta- we're talking Tales of Arise. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but when did that game come out? Two thousand eleven. But this can't be uh, DLC 2000, for a- twenty one. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely. I was like cooked, what? mate. What what has happened here? Why are we yeah. like why are we passing each other? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, totally my fault. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. My head's no, underwater. I, I get it, I understand. Zach, uh, is there anything here that jumps out at you? I'm pretty sure I know your answer for the You know PlayStation my answer. One. Like I was I would probably normally watch the state of play because it's a good time for when I wake up, so I'm normally you know, mm. there about so I can, you know, sneak my you know, I can walk around with a, a clipboard at work, so to you know, so to speak, and yeah. look and look busy, but um I kind of felt this would be a bit of a flop, and I, th- you know, looking at the announcement, you know, I'm glad I, you know, I didn't really miss out on much. But the Resident Evil Four DLC with the uh, separate ways stuff that uh, that was that was very cool to see, though that was kind of rumored ahead. So, um, mm-hmm. did you see the most recent trailer they put out today for it? No, I've not actually. No. Oh, it looks so. Um, one of the main complaints is a strong word, but like I think one of the things that got talked about amongst RE4 fans for the remake was that the game had been missing some content that people really enjoyed, like specific okay. set pieces from that uh, that original game, and they are in separate ways. You'd okay. just be playing through them as Ada, so that's like really cool. I'll check it out. Cool. Uh, that's that's very nice, and it's pretty pretty cheap too. I think so. Yeah, or like fifteen bucks ish. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's mm. awesome. I'm guessing uh, you didn't watch the Nintendo one. <laughs> or have any thoughts on that? Not even Luigi's no. Mansion? Two. Two. <laughs> That's pretty mm. cool. Hey, Roblox, is, Roblox is coming to PlayStation. <laughs> I feel like that is actually probably the biggest news of that. Because as, as games media, we quite often overlook just how influential Roblox yeah. is. What about, what about Tomb Raider on Switch? That has the is that the new one that was announced? One, two, and three. No, that's Remastered? the dumbest fucking name on earth. I don't even want to talk about that game. 
Okay, I'm doing well, That's guys. I'm doing well. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll meet you halfway around. And, um, I thought the visual <laughs> overhaul, like the, the yeah, visual, I like the comparison. The hey, yes, that was beautiful. Yes, they, that looks sick. I played, went back and replayed um, Tomb Raider one, two, and three about four years ago, and fucking hated them. They were so hard to control, mm. and so mm, hopefully, feel sorry for folks, hopefully, if they if they redesign the controls, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. 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 Hundo You should James, see Zach's you? face. This is so it's so good. Um, this a face well, I, I love the Tomb Raider <laughs> games when I was a kid. So, uh, but oh I just don't God. like that name. It's just I think that's stupid. But. Oh, the name. Oh yeah, like the game, whatever. Like cool, um, right? Gotcha. The name's fucking dumb. What, what have they called it again? It's like Tomb the Tomb Raider. What is it? You know, one to three, like whatever. One to starring, three, whatever. Starring Lara Croft. Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Super Mario RPG looks really good. Um, very very keen to give that a whirl when that pops up. Um, I think the F Zero announcement was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Given. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our spaces were constantly talking about, oh, there's rumors of a new F-Zero. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then it's a fucking Battle Royale version of the first game. Isn't um, that hilarious? Outstanding stuff, really. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I thought these were pretty fine showcases both. Like nothing really jumped out at me. I think that Nintendo is very obviously winding down the Switch. This is a lot of remakes and a lot of remasters and you know, not a lot of like brand new content coming out for that thing at the moment, which I think makes sense in its final sort of year on the market. Um, and PlayStation, I, I'm not worried as such because I, I don't feel particularly dramatic about any of this, uh, sort of realm, but I do think that the lack of information on what is at least cooking over there at the moment is starting to get a little bit odd. Um, like obviously I think Sucker Punch is they they were hiring for like a, um, stealth open world game last year. So I'm guessing that's Ghost of Tsushima 2. Uh, but outside of that, I'm not really sure what's going on where at the moment in terms of, you know, what I'll be playing as my my tentpole game on a PlayStation, you know, in a year's time. Because, um, I mean, I don't really give a shit about Wolverine and that's that's my personal taste. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I saw somebody posit that the there hadn't been a lot of, like, build-up of hype for the state of play because PlayStation and I think collectively maybe as an industry we're getting tired of if you announce one of these things a week out, there's, like, a cottage industry that builds up around it of, like, it's going to be Bloodborne 2, it's going to be it's going to be this, it's going to be that. you know. We, and then when we don't get those things, we get to make content of, like, disappointed faces in thumbnails being like, is Sony dead? Um, and it's just... I, I don't know. I think the way we kind of like build up these state of plays is a bit sad. Um, but, you know, I still found it pretty dull. So, uh, Yeah, I just oh. think um, like we've come from a generation where they basically rubbed it in our faces, like what they're working on, right? And, and we mm-hmm. knew that they had X, Y, and Z coming out, but now we don't know. Like we know like a tiny little bit, yeah. but we haven't seen anything really. Um, yeah. It's like everyone's gone to ground basically after very prolonged development. You know, it is a PS4 game that came out, what, four years ago? Yeah, but it was huge. Like that that game did really well for them. It was also just a good game, you know? So like, I'm happy for another one. I'm not like, no, 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 sorry. I'm not like debating that. I'm just, I'm just meaning like, Mm. what, like, what have they been doing for four years? Like surely they have something to show like a little Oh, I mean like. There was the the DLC, the PS5 upgrade, the multiplayer. Like they have been progressively working on stuff for the, the first game as well. Um, I'm not sure what else Sucker Punch is doing, but they're not a huge team either. No, um, well, I wouldn't have thought so. And it's like you know, Naughty Dog. They, like they talk always talk about these projects that are in the works, and mm-hmm. and then Bend, like Bend, have got this new thing that they're working on, and 
Mm. That's supposedly pretty close because you know Days Gone was that was what like five years ago. Do do you? I I wonder to myself if there's because there's now we know there's such an astronomical amount of money involved in these productions. If if that is somehow a factor to why they're a little bit more tight lipped, Mm. yeah, because there's just so much more at stake. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like that Sony are one of those things that like that have that arrogance where they're kind of like, oh sure, you know, we're the best at making these types of games. So didn't mm-hmm. I feel like James said something along those lines, a podcast two or two back that was quite pertinent as well. Yeah. That there About is a, a, a sense of, yeah. And a, and a kind of, I don't know if arrogance is necessarily the word, but it's, it's certainly. Oh yeah. It was the, uh, the, the PS3 era stuff, right. Where they, right. they, they kind yeah, of so thought they were unstoppable. Um, they've done come full circle. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, like being a little quiet about what you're working on is not necessarily bad as such, but it also feels like it's been a while since we've even seen like a splash screen with a logo been like coming in two years time. Here's, yeah. you know, uncharted seven or whatever the fuck. Um, but I think yeah. it's also interesting. I think it shows you that like cyclical like nature of it all. Like we're now kind of in this mm-hmm. cycle or this, you know, this phase where all we're hearing about is what, xbox is coming right you know mm-hmm. two or three years ago it was like they've got nothing they, you know they've got no games and now it's the shoes on the other foot kind of thing you know we yeah. know about all these things that are coming out we've just got starfield um you know so mm-hmm. it's just you know yeah nature of the beast eh? certainly certainly um Speaking, Speaking of, of what beast. Xbox has coming. <laughs> uh, so th- this is obviously the biggest news that I only broke a couple of hours ago at the time of recording, but um, the FTC, which is the US Federal Trade Commission, has uh, accidentally uploaded what seems to just be a boatload of unredacted court documents to um, uh, it's like a, a hosting website for the public record, I think. Uh, these were um, slides that were used uh, as part of Microsoft's, um, I don't know, d- defense in the ongoing legal proceedings. Uh, and in a lot of these slides, there has just been a, a fuckload of information on their next couple of years. Uh, this includes, I'm just going to run through it real quick, <clears throat> an Xbox Series X uh, mid-gen refresh. Uh, this is code named the Brooklyn. Um, it is a cylindrical device that doesn't have a disk drive, um, has two terabytes of internal storage, uh, better um, environmental concern because the power consumption is a bit lower, which is nice Carbon to see. Footprint? Is that it? Uh, it just says power consumption so far, but I'm, mm. I'm sure there's something else going on in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, at some point, uh, there'll also be a new controller called the Sebile internally. It's got a strange, like black and white kind of like stripe thing going on. Um, glossy finish, rubbery black grips, uh, direct to cloud technology, which I have no idea what that actually means. Uh, precision haptic feedback, accelerometer and updated Bluetooth capability. Um, and then outside of hardware, we are also Ooh, before looking- Before you move on, oh, yeah, sorry. the thumbsticks. Oh, okay. Is that That's exciting actually a sick little feature. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, it does also have, um, they're moving to a rechargeable and removable battery pack as opposed to having to slap a couple of double A's into the back of that thing. So, you know, I feel like that's a, a nice change of pace for the, the Xbox. Um, leaked documents have also shown us Bethesda's uh, lineup, which is a sequel to Ghostwire Tokyo. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but which is very bizarre, very bizarre. Mm. Dishonored 3. Really need a sequel. No, I, I don't think it did. I think it, it 
could do with one, like not narratively, yeah, the, but just mechanically. I'd like to see yeah. them sort of advance that world. Um, that, like um, Immortals of Avium. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Dishonored 3 is coming, um, which is very exciting. Uh, something called Doom Year Zero, which we is a some sort of Doom game. Um, and we're also getting remasters of Fallout 3 and The Elder Scrolls Oblivion, which is to me one of the most organic steps they could take here, I think to tap into the kind of pedigree and history of that brand is exactly what I would do if I was in Xbox's position as well. Um, and on top of that, there's also some Nintendo stuff we might get to in a minute. How do we feel about that first blast of information? Mm-hmm. Dishonored 3. That's well, where you got me. Mm-hmm. It's a meaty one. question a bit about that little thingy that is mm-hmm. all the... Because if I'm reading this correctly, financial year 2022E... Yeah, I like you look at it, and it's like the Indiana Jones game, which hasn't even we haven't even seen that yet, right? And that mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm reading this correctly, that was meant to have what been released at the end of last year. Yeah, but this document also has Starfield for financial year 21. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying, right? Things have shifted, obviously. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wonder how much you know what what's changed internally, and Mm -hmm. yeah, if anything's been. But that, um, you're right. That's a really valid point. Um, and the fact of the matter is we can only take this document with a grain of salt uh, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I, as the professional job that I work in that, you know, pays my rent, <laughs> keeps my lights on, um, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of these documents are created. It's like a, it's a business plan. Uh, but mm-hmm. business plans, you know, they can last for two, five, ten years. And uh, I'm not quite sure how it works in the business gaming space. Um, but you're right. These documents is, can be amended. And the, obviously those amendments are approved by, you know, certain levels of people. Um, and they probably just had to um, present what their plan was as of a certain date and, um, mm. and, and, and bring that forward. So... You know the what things look like. You know Project Brooklyn. You know all all that kind of thing. That could look completely completely different to uh, to what we get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that a lot of these things have been greenlit, though. Um, yeah, like a lot of it would have yeah, been yeah, for sure. Whether they're still coming or or whatnot, but um, yeah, very very surprised about Ghostwire, and they haven't gone down the evil within path. Yeah, mm. although I don't think Evil Within set the world on fire either, did it? Like that was no, sort of a... but geez, it was better than Ghostwire. Uh, Ghostwire, uh, yeah, I don't know that that game could have been no. so much more than it was. Um, mm. Which I guess is what the point of a sequel is. But any way, what is a little less business planning and a little more <laughs> just incredible, <laughs> incredible little email that we that has emerged here. Um, this is between Phil Spencer and a couple of heads of Microsoft marketing um, talking about, this is, now this is from an email from 2020, um, the discussion happening around sort of acquisitions and where Microsoft wants to go with all of this stuff. Um, Phil Spencer has called Nintendo, like it would be like the thing for them to acquire to uh, get a bit of a grip on their you know, consumer relevancy, I think is how he's described it, um, which is, you know, a pretty, it's, it's a big swing, right? And then on top of that, he's also talking about how, and I quote, it's just taking a long time for Nintendo to see that their future exists off of their own hardware, a long time, smiley face. Um, now, obviously, internal email going between people who are probably mates, fucking have a shorthand with each other, whatever, right? But I do think that this does speak to, I think, a lot of the, what we've always talked about in this show, right? The the idea that the, the face of Xbox versus the 
reality of, of what Phil Spencer sort of like operates as as a businessman are very different things. Um, and I am glad that we finally get something like this to be like, Hey, yeah, he's, he's not your buddy. Like he's just a dude trying to do his job. Right. Mm. Um, and I think in this case, the, the audacity of describing Nintendo like this is, is the part that I find a little bit shocking. I think it speaks to a little bit of, it's, it's not disrespect. It's just more of a, like, I don't know if it's like a Western kind of clash of, of, uh, sort of culture with a Japanese company and whatnot. But I think that, the assumption that they would be able to at some point just convince Nintendo with their empire of everything that's like, oh, you'd be better off on the Xbox. I, I don't know. I find that very odd. It, and it's, I think- it's the word we use, I think, before, and it's, it's a little, there's a little bit of arrogance in this email, yeah. right, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Nathan, you go. I was just going to say, just looking at the timing, uh, we can see here that the email correspondence looks like it was around early August 2020. I don't, I haven't confirmed this, but I think this was vaguely around the same period where Microsoft were putting out very flirty tweets where it was like images of the logos of Nintendo and Xbox sort of put together and being like, hey, we can work really well and mm. we can cross the aisle. Uh, I, th- I vaguely recall this being around the same period. So I just, I find that an amusing aside that publicly facing, they're like, oh, we are the bros. We're going to, you, know, you know, assumedly this was when people were like, oh, we're going to see more like cross-platform or cross-play between these platforms. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but behind closed doors, you know, there's still competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah there's like, still, there's first, still businesses. When I first read this, I hadn't read the actual email or whatever, right, yet. I just sort of saw at some point getting Nintendo would be a career mode, right? And I just literally mm-hmm. thought he was talking about getting Nintendo games on Game Pass. Like, like that was that no. was my first, he means like my first thought. I know. Yeah. And then I read the actual email um, and I was like, okay, well, come on, Phil. Like, well, so he's, he's, he, it's the, it's the, like these acquisitions are kind of like they're, they're white whale hunting, do you know? It's, and that's, that's kind of what it feels like to me. This isn't, this isn't about the future of gaming or the collective industry of coming together because we all enjoy video games. It's like Microsoft wants to get bigger and, and the way to do that is to, you know, consume other big things. And it's just, yeah, any other company in, in the name of Nintendo there, I would have been a bit more like, all right, whatever you're doing, you're doing your thing, but like Nintendo, and and this vibe of this email is a strange combination. What strange you, is the word. What do you think happens? Do you think there's a little bit? Of, there's a bit of tension between the two. Who who knows? Like like the thing is, you know, Nintendo aren't you know saints. That they're, they're also a giant yeah, business. I'm sure yeah. there's a certain internally there must be a degree of like, yeah, I get it, or maybe, or who who, who knows? You know, I think there was at some point they were talking about they had met with Nintendo at one point, and Nintendo basically laughed them out of the room. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I think Nintendo having a bit of self-respect here and being like, hey, fuck you, don't talk about us this way, would be nice. Uh, but there's no way to do that. There's no way any of this is going to play out publicly, right? This is not a thing that gets resolved by by Twitter memes posted between official accounts. Um, it's just really interesting to see a, a, a proper glimpse. Because, like, those redacted emails that we saw a few months ago, right, they're not the same thing as this. Like, this is a huge legal fuck-up. Um, like, however this happened is, is not going to be good for whoever was involved, right? Like, and I don't think they are cooked. Yeah. They're going to settling yeah. big time. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is real bad. This is, this is real bad. But uh, an incredible blow for, like, the, the true face of, I think, a lot of what we're looking at here. And I think that, you know, 
progressively a lot of the conversations we're going to be having around game development in AAA spaces, especially over the next few years, uh, what we were talking about before with the g- these giant budgets, the secrecy, the kind of the capitalism machine of it all slowly kind of like churning everything up underneath it. Um, and I just, I, I love getting a, a very naked look at the machine. Mm. I think I can't believe, like one of the things I can't believe is that Phil Spencer's email is literally right there. Yeah. He's going to have oh, to change I didn't that. even like, register that. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Can honestly. you imagine all the fucking emails that he would, he would wake up to or get? <laughs> I um, mean, it's, it's not really a hard email to, no, to but still, yeah. <laughs> but, but still like, um, you just go to, Phil SP. It? like, uh, I think it's rocket reach. I think is the website. You can get some, mm-hmm. anyway, there's, an, there's a site there if you want to find some emails. I've done yeah. it before when, when trying to get some PR contacts. Uh, but it's, it's also in, interesting here. Um, they, they talk about trying to buy Warner Brothers as well, but they were kind of like, mm-hmm. mm, we, we, we won't actually own much. Yeah. Um, if we do a dud brand at this point. <laughs> yeah. It is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. 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 Um, just another thing I, I really yeah. enjoyed from this email. Um, the... Uh, he's talking about the, the Nintendo board of directors uh, and, until recently and recently being 2020 for this uh, context, right? Hadn't really been pushing for major increases in market growth or stock appreciation. Um, and I, I think that's a really interesting kind of concept, right? Because I feel like a lot of what we're seeing in the West is just this consistent need for more and more and more and bigger growth and bigger growth. And the idea of like Nintendo sort of sitting over there being like, mm, we're good with where we're at. I, I, I really appreciate that mental image. Um, but yeah, it's... What a, what a fun day this has been. Mm. I, I, I also wonder how they're going to tackle the other leak, like just all the games. Like, do they just literally just ignore it? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think that with the game side of things, the, the email, I don't think you can really acknowledge publicly. That's probably its own wasp's nest of issues. But I think the game stuff, I I could very much see them doing the, the, the Xbox approach have been like, well, we wish we'd been able to tell you another way, but also, lol, look at what we've got coming. You know, I think they'll play it up cutesy. Um, and I, I think like it'll probably that, land um, really well. That state of play. Here's all the games from the state of play. You exactly. Can play on your Xbox. Yeah. Here's all the games, here's from, all the the games from our recently. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, can you remember? Because, oh, um, I mean, like, it's, it's a, like just, I mean, it is just the Bethesda Software stuff there, but like, but that's a really solid lineup of games. If you gave me those trailers in an Xbox showcase, I would be excited. Um, and so I think that maybe you just lean into, yeah, we've got some stuff cooking. Obviously, it's going to be stuff you appreciate. Um, yeah. The big, like the funniest thing I, I think is that they had Elder Scrolls 6 down as end, like end of next financial year. Has, hasn't that game only just gone into like production? Didn't they say that? Yeah, that game has, is like yeah. five years away at least. I reckon. Which probably puts it as a Xbox Series 2 launch title, right? Because I think the other thing that came out of this is that the next Xbox will be in 2028 is the mm. planned uh, yeah. date for that. Um, be a, a hybrid streaming console of some sort. Um, but yeah, I, I could very much see, you know, that that game, which there was another news piece this week as well about how uh, an internal email had revealed that like there was no plans to bring it to PlayStation. Um, shocker. You know, it's mm. the, the only part about that that does make me like kind of twist my nose up is that, you know, when they're asked about these things publicly at the moment, it's very much a, well, oh, we'll have to wait and see. But like, if you've made your choice, make your choice. <laughs> like, yeah. be, be, be the company, like do and it. That's why you know? I think Phil, yeah, I think he does a lot of good stuff, but I think he's just, I want to say, 
a hypocrite at times, but he's he's in that realm where he's very much like, oh, you know, it's case by case. You know, we we wouldn't want to take away games from any other thing. Mm-hmm. It's this is this and it's that. But it's like you're saying, there's emails that are dated from four years ago where they've already made or whatever it is. Sorry, that mm. emails from you know they've they've already made the call that this is not coming to Xbox. Uh, sorry to to PlayStation. Um, yeah. So just own it, man. Like, yeah, we went out I, and spent I, seven billion on a on a, on a publisher. Mm-hmm. You know, you were never going to bring these games to like yeah. fucking tease everyone's balls, saying that you know that you might. Don't oh, try and mm-hmm. play the good guy, and then anyway, yeah. Carry on. I feel you. No, you I, I feel you. <laughs> feel you. <laughs> um, we, oh God, there's been so much news this week. It's uh, <laughs> um, Unity has uh, shit the bed pretty completely. Uh, for those who don't know, Unity is um, a a very easy to access um, game development suite uh, engine that a lot of indie developers use. Uh, they announced last week sometime that they were kind of doing this sweeping change where they would be charging developers based on installs uh, because I think the idea being that Unity itself doesn't generate much mo- money for Unity. It's kind of the peripherals, the advertising. That's where a lot of the income comes from from that company. And they're currently hemorrhaging money. And so they are obviously looking around to, to sort of drum up some income. Um, uh, there's been a bit of an update as of the as of today, actually. Uh, Bloomberg did a report that has said that um, Unity is sort of in crisis meetings at the moment about sort of how the, the information has gone down, uh, expecting to limit the install fee to just 4% of a game's revenue for customers making over a million US. Um, and Bloomberg understands the installations counting toward the threshold will not be added retroactively. And the company is considering a cap on potential fees. And it will also be using a self-reporting system, which sounds wild to me. Like every, everything about this sounds like they announced a bad thing, had to quickly walk it back. And now we're in a bit of a no man's land. Right. Um, but yeah, I, there's obviously been a lot of hubbub with developers about this. A lot of local developers, uh, in Australia talking about the shitty impact this will have because it'll, you know, it'll effectively make like things like a next fest demo if that gets downloaded yeah, they're gonna get charged for that right that that sucks um so it doesn't seem like a good place to be i think didn't they say they won't charge for demos uh i don't know if they've rewalked that back now or not um, i thought i thought there was like something like charity bundles or you know things involved in charity things they weren't going to charge for and i thought demos right. they, i mean i could be wrong but i thought i read that demos weren't going to be they were, they were early excluded. access games they would or or, or something like that Got it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. But what a fucking. Not what a great. Week. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Also, they must have known like, well, there was a, oh, yeah. there, there was a comment. It might've even been in the Bloomberg article, but they were like, you know, the CEO said that, you know, there was no possible way that whatever they did, you know, whatever they did that this was going to go down well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't really mean that you make the shittest choice that you can, right? You know? Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, let's mm-hmm. see how it goes. Maybe they'll like it. Um, this is only one of yeah. many possible strategies they could have yeah. opted. It just exactly. Well, I think also the idea being that it's a classic uh, bargaining tool, right? To come to the table with the worst possible version of the deal for your competitor. Correct. Yeah, and right. then when you walk it back to something that seems reasonable, but is still actually unreasonable for that competitor, they feel mm-hmm. like they've made some headway, right? Um, but I'd be, I'd be oof. really... Oh, I was ch- speaking to when I did the made in Australia thing, like because we we spoke about this um, over the weekend, and I was just like, I I would love it if like not that I have any 
you know, horse in this race. But if like Unreal came out and was like, hey, we're going to do this and just fucks them over even more, like, you know, mm. I don't know. I don't know how they would even get people across, but. Well, just on that, just, I mean, this is neither here nor there. I think a key difference between these is Unity's not wholly a game development tool. It's also a middleware. So it allows mm-hmm. developers to port out. Like they basically are able to, I'm bastardizing it, but develop for everything at once. Whereas Unreal, there's, they'll still need to use something. Like like they might still need to go to Unity. Like they're Unreal and, and Unity's not necessarily, they're not really competitors. And I'm not really sure what the big competitor for a middleware is. Crying there was one that Unity. I saw getting talked about. I just can't remember the name of it now, but it's a, a smaller thing that's offering a very similar service though. It's just hasn't taken off because Unity so has been, it's a default standard for a lot of indie developers. Because I think it's mm-hmm. like a one-time license purchase for, 12 grand or something like that. And then you just can sell that game in perpetuity. Um, but I'll uh, just, just wrap yeah, this I, one up with I mean, a, a, yeah. an amusing, Oh, sorry. Is that? No, I was just gonna say, like, it just seems like there's so many ways they could have done this better um, mm. rather yeah. than just piss everybody off. And mm-hmm. there's going to be people who regardless, you know, of, of the outcome or sorry, of, of what they walk back, um, they're going to leave. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause the, that trust is broken, right? Like, Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um indie teams are running on such tight budgets already like to throw this at them is just it nightmarish and it's it's interesting like there was people who did like some of those charts right and you know, there were people or cases where over x amount of time i can't remember what timeline right but they would actually unity would end, would end up taking more money than the mm. studio was actually making yeah it was like they're yeah, gonna take right, 112 percent or whatever it is of like my revenue or something like that mm-hmm um so yeah yeah no i think i think it's awful and you know there are a lot of indie games that um we love to play that will be hurt by this and it you know it potentially could deter people from making games with their software Mm. um so i I think they're they're probably going to shoot this themselves in the foot if they continue down this road um and i think their apology was piss poor um and they probably should have spoken to their developers before they started making these changes wouldn't that have been the smart thing to do you would think. But it's not a smart industry though, is it? The other thing that sorry, I know Nathan's dying to let loose, but um <laughs> there was an interesting part about this conversation that I read and it was like what happens to games with like on Game Pass or on yeah. PS Plus and stuff like that, like, you know, and then it was um uh, I can't remember where I read it right, but it was it was one article and it was talking about that they would then pass on that fee to the service provider. So it'd be like Xbox or whatever. And then the question or then the article like kind of it's kind of framed it as in like imagine going into a meeting like with xbox being like hey he he here's a bill for unity and it's like you know five million or whatever like xbox would just be like fuck off like <laughs> like no yeah like, um mm-hmm. yeah nathan quick giggle so humble bundle we're aware of what this is mm-hmm. when this news dropped during the week at the same time humble bundle got a new bundle it got a unity development bundle which I find quite ironic considering we've got new developers that are currently shitting themselves. Like, do we want to actually meddle with Unity? So there's Unity's put up this comprehensive bundle, get started in Unity development at the same time as this news has dropped. Uh, it's, you know, it's been up for a fair few days now. It's only made about like 8,000 bucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this this has become a little bit of a laughing stock. I saw, I saw it advertised on social media and just fueled with hateful comments. So... Mm. This is, I mean, even if they do walk this back to any extent, the, the, the you know, the, the damage is done. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, I was going to try to make a cute segue into the next story, but it's actually not a cute story at all. So I don't really feel like doing that. Um, Ascendant Studios uh, have taken to Twitter via CEO Brett Robbins. These are the makers of Immortals of Avium, uh, which only came out very, very recently uh, to announce that they have lost about 45% of their staff due to a restructure. Um, This is... I feel like it used to be very common practice that when a, a massive game would launch, the studio would then shed a bunch of stuff afterwards in sort of like a, a very cyclical, uh, unsustainable nature um, in, in AAA development. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but this one is obviously, it's it's very soon after the game has come out and for a for an original IP as well, um, you know, Nathan, I mean, you, you enjoyed the game, right? Like this is, this must be a bit of a surprise to you. There was so much effort putting into building this IP as we saw in this game, like the world building and there was just so much originality. Like they were clearly setting this up as a franchise. Mm, Yeah. Don't see how that's going to happen going forward when the team itself was only like a hundred odd people. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, because the, uh, what are they? Ascendant Studios was essentially like a collective of off-cut AAA developers, right? Of, you know, a a big group. These days? Well, I mean, like, yeah, but like, you know, small team, a lot of experience going on in there. The a lot of EA, yeah, exactly. EA Originals, obviously, backing them as well. There was a lot of momentum right behind this team. I feel like, and it's just, it's, it's really sad to see it uh, sort of break this bad afterwards. Um, sort of reminds me of the um, uh, the um, the Square Enix Magic Talkie game um, for spoken. For spoken, yeah, and how that team was dissolved pretty quickly afterwards. And I think that you know, if we don't allow new IP time to find an audience, we're never going to get new IP. And I, I know that there's like this impulse to like, yeah, people need to go out and support these things, obviously. And I can't imagine this game sold atrociously, right? Um, but if there's no time for like legroom to to grow, especially in such a crowded market as well, like Models of Avium launching when it has launched in this back end of the year, which is so overstuffed already, I think to then, you know, kneecap that studio of half of its staff because of whatever, I, I don't know. I just think this is really sad news. It is. I, I, really I, sad. I agree. And I think another example is is the Callista Protocol. I think they had a similar mm. kind of thing as well. They uh, have. Yeah. Sudden Strike or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and we've, you know, for spoken, Clister Protocol, Immortals of Avium, like what do they all have in common, right? Like yeah. they're all new IPs. New and, IPs. You know, and it's, it's a shame because, you know, we all say, you know, how we love, you know, we want to see new ideas and stuff, but even, and that I say we as a wider collective, like, you know, that seems to be, you know, you read on forums, on social media, it's always like, Oh, another sequel, you know, and th- and this mm-hmm. is why they do more sequels, right? This is why Ubisoft is doubling down on shit like Assassin's Creed and yep. Far Cry because this shit does not sell. Like it just people, and, and it's a combination of things like cost of living. You know, people have less money to spend, so they they want a safer mm-hmm. safer option. You know, they know Assassin's Creed. You know, they like they know what they're getting for their ninety bucks or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas here, they've. I mean, of course, you don't have to buy something on day one. You know, there's always going to be. Nathan's reviews, go read them on wellplayed.com.au. But um, I don't know, man, it's just, it's fucked. And that's why I think yeah, Game Pass is, is a good little service that kind of mm-hmm. encourages a lot of this sort of smaller creativity, maybe not to the extent of like Immortals of Avian was, but, mm-hmm. you know, we, we get the games like Pentiment that I don't think, that I think would fit in this sort of similar boat, right? Like mm-hmm. if they were just launching out into the world without a big, huge power broker behind them i think they wouldn't you know 
the success wouldn't mm. have been as an agree. Pent- yeah. pe- perfect example of Pentiment. Yeah, yeah that, that is a game that is so not for any everyone. Yeah, and it's just but we love it. Um, and you're right. You're right. Like it's it's a shame. Um, mm. It does yeah. suck. And I, but yeah, like I think and yeah, what it, I, but it's also I think you can't. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to put on my suit and tie here, but mm. I don't necessarily blame EA for this. And I know that, I know that James, mm. you and I were having this conversation earlier, right? I don't think, I think if it's not selling, it's not selling. And, you know, and they probably have to take some of the blame for, for when it launched. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, they, you know, they maybe could have put it in a, in a better time. Shelve it. I don't know, maybe get Immortals of Avon to work on a fucking, no, sorry, not Immortals. Um, what's the name? Ascendant. Ascendant, maybe get yeah. them to work on something else. You know, go. I, but you know, I don't think she think they're owned by EA, are they? They're just no, no. Studio. It's, it's yeah, just a publisher deal. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. you know, get them to do whatever else. You know, maybe they can go do some other stuff for whatever they got to mm-hmm. go do, and yeah. then release this in January or whenever there's a a little mm-hmm. window of a better window. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's you know there's always that kind of thing. But mm. this is just, it's so premature. I, mm. I really hoped that um, Immortals of Avian was going to get the wind under its sails with time because it yeah. didn't come out at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe a little pricier than some would like. Like you mentioned, cost of living crisis. Mm. I genuinely thought in six months' time, this would be a game that pops back onto people's radar and mm. then we'd be pumped for the sequel. But yeah. I'm not so hopeful. Because the other thing you have to, I think we kind of forget when when this happens, right? You know, we're always quick to be like, oh, fucking EA, you know, they're doing this. But then you've got to be, you got to think like they actually went out and backed this. They put their money mm. behind this. You know, they've, you know, where's the new games from like an Ubisoft and stuff, you know, these guys are actually putting money behind these new projects. Um, mm-hmm. And sadly, it is a business and it just hasn't worked out. So... Yeah. yeah also, yeah. I, I don't get the impression this is EA's choice, right? I no, think, no. Like, the the studio is yeah. opera, no. obviously operating independently. Um, it's but I think just, there's just that yeah. perception that you know. Oh yeah, no, no. Of course, like the like EA has its reputation. I mean, f- mm. for very valid reasons, it built up the way that it built up, right? Um, and I think the EA Originals brand is something that we've been very high on here, and it's it's a really great initiative. Um, I just it, the only thing that makes me sad is that like if and this isn't EA's fault, but like if a company as big as EA can't prevent this stuff from happening, um, like who, who has any hope to, you know, if, if the people with the most money in that room can't help, then like, yeah, the new IP market just seems very bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, said. well, I think it's just, you know, if your game doesn't sell, your game doesn't sell. Like there's not much that. Yeah. But in, in what, like three weeks, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, And and, and if we're operating on that tight a margin, then, and it's like we were talking about before, right? Like a lot of what we've talked about tonight has looped back around to there is a fundamental problem in AAA development and it's, it's the distribution of money. So like something is wrong. Um, and like we, I just, I don't know, we can't keep moving this way. I actually Um, completely forgot that was only three weeks ago. I thought it was like two months. Yeah. It's yeah. (laughs) I know what you mean. I know exactly Um, what you mean. Um, and to your point about Game Pass, right? Like Lies of P is getting a big Game Pass push and that makes me a little bit less nervous for them, right? I think that game's probably going to do really well because it's found it, it'll find its niche audience of, of souls like losers like me and it'll, it'll do what it does, right? But I'm glad that Xbox parked some money with them and said, hey, even if you don't sell in the first three weeks, you will probably have time to find an install base and an audience and word of mouth and whatnot. At least that's, that to me is like one of the better sides of something like game pass, right? Like the, a little bit of stability for experiments. Gives them a buffer. Yeah. Does exactly. EA yeah. and Xbox still have that thing where they get together? They and, do. Yeah. Mm. Is they, this, they do. So the originals on that. 
Yes, yeah. So just a quick point on that. Mm. So EA, they also have their own subscription service mm-hmm. that's significantly cheaper, like six or seven bucks a month. Immortals of Avian was on that on launch. Oh. So the cost of accessing that game, seven bucks or whatever, or get a trial. Like you can right. finish the game in a weekend. So not a big accessibility problem there in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, people in the market playing the thing. And then, yeah, given some time, six months, a year, whatever it is, it'll be on Game Pass. Yeah. Is that but, uh, EA uh, hmm. subscription, is that PC only or is that consoles? I believe it is PC only. And then they've got, uh, there are different I'm pretty tiers. I'm sure I can get it on my PlayStation. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on consoles. Yeah. yeah. But hey, is what it is. Um, Speaking in- of EA originals though. Are we going to talk about the other thing? Uh, the, um, the, 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 yeah, um, I didn't actually look into this much further, but there yeah. is conversations happening in the Wild Hearts official discord that, uh, support for the game is being ceased as I of really now. I really hope that's not true. Oh, I, okay. yeah, I, I really well, hope that's not like the case. Like, no, I mean, like, I, I mean, I will have a look now if you'd like, but, um, like the, I think the idea obviously being like servers are going to stay up, right. But like no additional content, um, you know, I'll, no planned. Was, yeah, I was fanging for this to get DLC at the very least. When you say yeah. content, do we mean updates? Yeah. It did. Do we, so if it's like if there's bugs and stuff like that, right? I'll probably still get some bug fixes. Well, I feel like, like ending support is very much to not bringing you any more content. I think they're two very different things, I feel like. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm reading an article here on Game Rant. It just says that there's, there's it's just rumors, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, right. I thought well, it was. Let's yeah, we'll park that one until we have to cross that bridge, which I really hope we don't have to cross that bridge. Wild Hearts is fantastic, so. I agree. Um, another fantastic game that's received a bit of a blow is the uh, what is it? Uh, Respawn Entertainment Star Wars Jedi um, series. So Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. Uh, director Stig Asmussen has left EA uh, in a very surprising turn of events, which nobody seems to have any concrete information on at the moment other than an official statement and a Jason Schreier report that just says... Uh, after careful thought and consideration, Stiger Moosen has decided to leave Respawn to pursue other adventures and we wish him the best of luck. This is really surprising to me given how well this franchise had been doing given that stig has not been shy about wanting to make this into a trilogy he was the face of the game at star wars celebration earlier this year like this is really bizarre news i have nothing no 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 further comment Mm. from me i have no idea it is bizarre yeah so do you reckon it's a um creative kind of (laughs) one of those things where He's yeah, like, I, mean, I want to do this, and they're like, no. Or, well, I mean, Jedi Survivor was a pretty creative game, I guess. Like that, that game made some choices. I was surprised that they decided to make for a Star Wars mainline mainline game. So, um, I, I get, I do get the impression he was able to sort of like see his vision through. I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure how this could have broken as bad as it has because, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like they were on track to make a great trilogy of games that everyone liked and was everyone was happy to see. And now this is what we've got. So, mm. um, but yeah. Bummer. Bummer. Yeah. 
Uh, we'll round out our EA news um, just quickly. EA has confirmed that Sims 5 will actually be free to play uh, in a, a very strange move. Um, you'll get the base game for free and then you'll pay for additional content packs and updates on top of that. But there will be some stuff in those updates that does f- trickle down to the free version, um, you know, aesthetic changes, stuff like that. So um, odd one, given how successful The Sims is to pivot it into what I'm guessing is meant to be a forever game you know, online kind of experience. Mm. Um, yeah, or maybe there's no more Sims. Maybe it's just that's it. Like this is the Sims 5 is what it is now. It's it's the platform now. And then it's yeah. just content. Just, yeah. I'll never see my girlfriend ever again. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real shame. Um, Let's keep it up with a nice cold Aussie frothy, eh? Le- what? <laughs> what? I've never heard of that move about? before. Um, no, nah, uh, Activision, very quickly, uh, oh. some internal, uh, I think, emails of some sort. Uh, the Switch 2 was shown to them earlier last year, I think it was. Um, PS4, Xbox One level of performance, according to them, uh, based on the, their understanding of the hardware. So, you know, that, that thing continues to circle the, in the air. You know, it, it's coming. Various reports on how powerful it's going to be, obviously, I guess watch this space. Um, bringing it home though, with a nice cold Aussie frothy. That's <laughs> a, um, if you if you look at the calendar article that I've got up, there's all the beer taps on there, and one oh, of yeah? the beers is broken. Oh it's come on, mate! That uh, was a deep cut. It yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> Broken Roads is uh, getting a release. Uh, PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and wait, no PS5. <gasps> Heartbroken. Uh, November 14th um, is is when this uh, bad boy is dropping. Um, if you're a fan of World Play, you're probably a fan of Broken Roads. This is the kind of Fallout-inspired isometric RPG set in the Australian Outback Apocalypse. Looks fucking phenomenal. Very excited to get on board with this and coming quite soon. So, oh, it does say additional platform info is coming as well. So hopefully I'll be fine. Just one very, very, very quick last news piece to just to t- uh, touch onto this, but another Aussie game, Bilkins Folly. That got a release date, and that is coming October 2nd, I think, is the official date, which is October 3 here, I think. I think it's like mm-hmm. October 3 is the Australian date. Oh, mate, didn't get the memo that we didn't need more games in October. Well, I'd speak <laughs> about that with him in my mate in Australia chat about how he decided on his date. And, Ooh, yeah. A little teaser. So mm-hmm. that'll be there out this month. So there you go. Good luck to him. There's the news. Bit of a bit of a weird week for news. Big news, big news week. Has no, but what's that show? Good. No, it was actually it wasn't a good news week, was it? It was. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of things. Not for Phil. It wasn't a good. No. Uh, so he's had better weeks, I reckon. All right, let's go off topics. The nice film of the week. Um, nice film of the week. I didn't choose one, so I got Buddy to choose one, and he has chosen L.A. Confidential. Oh, oh round of applause. Good pick, man. Very good pick. Not so, shout-outs to him. Let's have a look at that. That is rated at LA. 997, it's got your favourite actor, Curtis Hansen. Then it's got Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, Kim Bassinger, Kevin Spacey, James Cromwell, uh, Danny yeah. DeVito, my man. It was a pretty stacked cast. It was. 99% on the old Rotten Tomatoes, eh? Yeah, I could give it a rewatch. Uh, and you can watch that on Netflix uh, or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime. Or if you really want to give money to the corporates, you can pay eleven, twelve dollars on YouTube. 
So, so. There you go. Thanks, shout buddy. Out, shout out, cool. buddy. Uh, off topics, mine were at the beginning. Go the Blues. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I finished the Bear season two. Loved it. I haven't gotten around the bear. Is it? I get. See, when I watch the trailers and when I hear the discourse around it, it seems like one of those shows that, as a piece of entertainment, induces great anxiety, and that's not always something I'm after. How do you feel about that? It does. Uh, I, I will say it. It winds you up just to caress you as well, though. Like it, it's very much okay. you've got to go through the shit to get to the warmth. Um, okay. I think it's it's very very worth it. I so some payoff, yeah. Oh yeah, like the entire back end. Like I, I love season two sort of as a whole. I think some people are a bit lower on the first half of season two because it's a bit slower. Um, but the the payoffs it gets to, uh, oh, just some of the best like easy character work I've I've seen in a TV show for years. I I love this little group of people. Nice. That's, yeah, it's going higher on the list. I like that. I'd say it's as good as Andor. You know, it's that kind of level of fuck yeah television. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can get around that. So you, you're, you're sitting on the couch, like pumping your fist. Like, yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was crying a lot, but yes, that's <laughs> Bloody what Adam. You, he got he, he got to the bluey news before I did. And now it's He's up on the- He's a monster. What? I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, bluey news. So- Louis, uh, yes. he's getting a video game. I, I said this on the podcast, I believe. So, um, so yeah. Wasn't this already in the news like a few weeks ago? It was. Nah, it, it was announced. To, it it was announced today. We might. No, have no, it, was, it was. It was. It was. It was teased. There was a tease. There was a tease. Right. Okay. It's um, not an Australian I, developer, is it? It's Outright Games. Mm. Yeah. It's coming November seventeen. Yeah, it is. Thank you. PS4, for that. PlayStation. That, oh. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. No. Go. Okay, go for it. <laughs> PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Uh, so, yeah, looking... The only place to play games. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you, you single-player RPG snob. <laughs> That's why you don't like this social business in games. Can you tell we've been going for two hours? Yeah, let's, let's bring it home. Zach. I got more, baby. I got more. So no. two very, very quick off topics. Nickelback is getting a documentary. How them. fucking good! It looks like. <laughs> and the last, and the last thing. Fan the of the very chat. Last thing. Oh, big shouts to the chat. Huge fan of the podcast. Huge fan <laughs> of the chatcast. Um, the last thing. Have you guys and girls have you heard of a film called It Lives Inside? Yes. Yeah. What's the trailer? This film looks fucking awesome. I saw it when I saw. Uh, Blair, a film of a few months ago or a couple months ago. Um, it is comes out this Thursday. Uh, I'll give you a little little blob. It says, From the producers of Get Out uh, comes It Lives Inside, a spine-chilling story that combines horror and Indian folklore to create a terrifying reimagining of demonic possession films. Desperate to fit in, in at school, Sam pushes back on her traditional Indian roots and conservative mother to be more like everyone else. But when Sam unwittingly unleashes a mythology mythological demon that latches onto her childhood best friend. She must reconnect with her culture in order to defeat it. Looks fucking awesome. There you go. That comes out this Thursday, so mm. shout outs. Yep. For that. It looks like international reviews are up as well. Is it good? Um, yeah. I mean, your old, you like your old tomatoes. That's an 84, so, well, you know, thumbs up. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, my, my quick off topic is I'm watching uh, The Other Black Girl on Disney+, Plus, uh, only because I saw the genre is a trifecta of drama, thriller, comedy. I love that trifecta, <laughs> and it's very smartly written. I'm laughing a lot, and it's kind of a bit twisted, and I won't really go into it, because let's just wrap this motherfucker up. The Other Black Girl, I, I like it a lot. Shout outs. Alrighty, thank you for sticking around. It's been a whopper. You've earned a third coffee if you if you really want. Go have a sandwich, go have a nap, do whatever you need to do. Um, thank you for being here. Check out the content on www.well-play.com.au. Check out the YouTube. You'll find it on the website. Go through it. No more time. No more time to speak. Goodbye. Have a good one. Have a <laughs> lovely Bye. one. You've earned it.